All right, I believe we are officially live. Word, word. We are live. I bet. Uh, welcome into Down of the Wire. I'm Brian Costa. I'm Carter Adams. I'm Tyler Tucker. And this is our first annual holiday special. Boys, we're back. <laughs> first annual. First annual. Yeah. First of many. Dude, dude oh. how you guys? How do you guys feel, dude? Feel great. I'm ready for next semester already. Dude, for real. I mean, we've just been locked in like the house like crazy already. I mean, like, yep. dude, it's basically at this point. Can second semester come? Uh, you know, can it just basically come already? I'm just yep. trying to. I'm just trying to hang out with people again, dude. Exactly. Trying but, to I mean, again. But I mean, guys, I can't believe we're actually back on. I mean, so this is the first time we've been back on since our semester finale, which we did back in November, and we took a we took like a month hiatus and. It feels good to be back on with you guys. I mean, I I mean I, I like the time off, but I also really like doing this type of stuff. I on agree, YouTube man. Now. Yeah, YouTube now. Yeah, actually, yeah. For anyone watching, we're officially. I mean, this is the first uh, actual live stream that we're doing on YouTube. We typically do it on Facebook, but we decided to switch it up for this time. And you know, hope we're gonna hope for the best, pretty much. Yeah, well, I'm, so I'm liking the going. format so far. You know, it's been pretty easy. Yeah. yeah. Luckily, I mean, Zoom also was in our favor a ton today because like. You know, like, uh, because because of the holidays and stuff like that, they decided to make uh, any all calls unlimited because we were trying to figure out are we going to have to do this on Google Meets or, or Microsoft Teams? And thank God, Zoom just basically said, "Oh yeah, for the holidays, it's free." So <laughs> right at like, the perfect time too. Literally, Shout out could Zoom. not have been more perfect Dude, for the literally at the right moment. It now we just need that. Now yeah. we just need that Zoom. And then it just uh, wasn't. We need that Zoom sponsorship help us get through. Bro, bro, for real. I mean. You know, this year in general has just been full of ups and downs. I mean, we started, I mean, we started this podcast slash radio show in, I, I think it was February 16th was our first show. We did it in the Koffler Center. It didn't record anything. Uh, but, you know, we had a great time doing it. I remember like there's that video of us just celebrating after the first show. Uh, like it was just, it was just absolute, you know, pandemonium after the first show. And we've only gotten better from there. We had the quarantine special. Now we're doing this. Uh, you know, it's pretty crazy to think that we've already come so far in such a short amount of time. Now we're now we're moving to YouTube. Uh, I'm, I think we're all thinking possibly about uh, putting this on Spotify and other platforms uh, down the road. So I think uh, we're all very thrilled about where this is going. Oh, yeah. definitely. Very yeah. time. Uh, you know, we've all we've also been up to just a bunch of, uh, you know, stuff o over this kind of hiatus. Some of us more than others. I mean. I've just been kind of chilling out at home, trying to find a job. I tried doing DoorDashing, but my car kind of just really ate it. And so I'm really not doing too much working wise. Carter ended up getting a job over at Cumbies. And you know, Ty Ty <laughs> yep. Tyler, Tyler, I'd probably say has the most had the most interesting break so far. I mean, dude, you took off to Florida yeah. in the middle of just a, in the middle of a week during a global pandemic. Like, bro, mm -hmm. like, can you just explain how that happened? Yeah. So actually, uh, it's a very long story of how we got there, but I'll just give you like some of the details. So, well, well first of all, Tyler, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, you know, you now have you're actually doing a second podcast now. Yeah, uh, you want to. Uh, so if uh, if you if you also want to maybe tell the audience about uh, your second favorite podcast that you're doing. Yeah, so part of. the second the second best podcast on the planet out there, uh, the Be Under Par podcast. Um, it's. Me, I've kind of found my niche this, I guess, summer to be golf, and yeah. uh, I got a lot of local buddies that kind of share the same passion. Um, we're actually gonna have one of those buddies on soon, um, and uh, 
we all kind of just decided that we want to create something uh, surrounded around golf. So we've been working on podcasting, YouTube videos. We're trying to grow an Instagram. We're trying to really build this be under par brand. You, you've you successfully grown an Instagram so far. I mean, I checked your followers and it was pretty low. I mean, and then yeah. it just shot up. I mean, yeah, like, that, yeah, dude, we like, actually you guys um, are over a K that quick. I was like, yeah, wow. like, how, how'd you guys even wow. do that? Like, well, we're still like 150. <laughs> so, well, we were in Florida. Um, we, we were, we played the Deltona Country Club. And yeah. you guys probably never heard of this guy, but we ran into this guy called Colin McCarthy Golf. He's got okay. about 70,000 followers. Is and, he a um, Scottish is, ginger? No. Oh, okay. I think um, I'm wrong. Wrong guy. <laughs> um, but we ran into him, and uh, we just got talking, and we were like, hey, what, how, do, how do you grow a brand? Like, what, what's the deal? And we uh, we wrapped up with him, and he gave us a shout-out on his story. So that's that was sick. really cool. That definitely nice. boosted up. But yeah, oh, that's it's, cool. Uh, Tyler, I think if you want to talk about this more, I think your I think your buddy from Be Under Par is officially uh, in the in the waiting room. Uh, All right. You know, well, joining a, now yeah. is a member of the Be Under Par crew, uh, Connor Bailey. CB, how's it going? Hey, what's going on? I was just uh, uh, informing our audience about the uh, whole be under par and j- about a segue into our trip recently. So, uh, yes, sir. Just so, give give your side of like what be under par is and what we're trying to do. Yeah. Don't play golf. Don't even think about it. If you're considering <laughs> it, don't. No. Um, be under par. So yeah, we we started a golf brand, right? It's me, your boy Tyler, <laughs> Dylan, T-T. Mojo, yeah, TT. And uh, my brother-in-law, Shane. And basically, we're about just being under par on and off the golf course. And to a lot of people, that sounds contradictory. You don't want to be under par off the golf course. But it takes, I mean, in any sport, it takes, you know, it takes a lot of work to play at the highest level. You want to be under par in golf. We want to take that mindset to be under par off the golf course. Yeah. And, you know, we last week, we, uh, we just spontaneously hopped in a car at, midnight on a monday yeah we decided we decided at what 9 45 that night that you know what we're getting in the car and going to jacksonville through it let's go to florida <laughs> yeah pretty much so we yeah we hopped in the car and we just drove to florida played five golf courses in five days i mean yeah. tyler i i'm from what i also heard from you apparently you guys couldn't get there quick enough because i guess on your i guess on your way uh, down you ran into some issues yeah um i had some I trouble was- with the law Tyler was a joy. He was he he took <laughs> the midnight ride and then uh he did yeah. great the whole way and then right over the the North Carolina border he got pulled over. Yeah. I went eight hours straight wow. from twelve to eight in the morning and you yeah. you made it pretty far though. That's yeah, impressive. that's did. That's crazy. I would have went farther that. if I didn't. <laughs> I think he was eight Red Bulls deep though by then. Oh yeah, yeah, big time. Yeah, but yeah. It was it was loads of fun, you know. Uh, we kind of just we really didn't plan anything. We kind of just went for it, and we played a ton of golf, and it was a lot of fun. So yeah, I mean, uh, we dude, actually, I, oh yeah, go ahead, dude. No, I was just gonna say we actually just started a podcast too for our for our channel. Yeah, yeah. Where, I mean, I mean, I've been I've been listening to it a ton. It's actually I'm really enjoying it. Uh, for cool. anyone for anyone for anyone who doesn't uh, know it, it's on it's already on Spotify. It's literally. Uh, it's just be under par podcast, right? Be under yep. par podcast, yeah. yeah. And you can find it in our Instagram bio too, as well. Yeah. yeah, I've been listening to it. You guys had, you guys actually just put up an episode, I think, like earlier today. 
Yep. Yeah, we were yeah. in Florida at the Airbnb. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. That's actually really yeah. cool, guys. Yeah, yeah. new episodes every Monday. Uh, stay tuned. Uh, yeah. Check out the YouTube as well, Be Under Par. Check out our yeah. Instagram, b.under.par. A lot of things coming. A lot of big things coming. Got I love coming. it. I love it. That's sick. And what's cool about it too is we have uh, we have golfers of all skill levels. So, me and my my boy Dylan, we I mean we've been playing our whole lives, and then Tyler, we just got him into it. But two years ago now, yeah. So we, we get different, in different levels and stuff. Yeah, I we're mean, gonna have some coming I mean, on. from the yeah, I mean from the looks of it, I mean I, I Tyler Tyler hooks you know world's better than world's better than you know I feel like he probably thought he was gonna be at uh, at this point. I mean like. Yeah. I, I mean, I remember Tyler was kind of saying like he did like high school golf and stuff like that. But uh, like even Carter was talking about it earlier uh, when we were just talking before we ever did the show. And he was like he was just saying how like much how much Tyler's form has just really come together and stuff like that. Yeah, totally. Beautiful uh, swing now. Thank you. I love we, it. Thank you. When, you. when you decided not to do baseball, we were like, yeah, come play golf. So <laughs> he, he gets there the first day. He takes the plastic off his driver. <laughs> first tee. And he you know, he's like feeling confident. And he rips it 90 degrees left and nails the clubhouse. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was not a shining moment on my but, career. But look at him Damn. now. Look at yeah. him now. I yeah. sandbag all you guys down in Florida, took some money <laughs> and had a good time. But yeah, it's that's what we wanted. We want to spread the message that golf can be fun. Golf doesn't have to be something for just old people. Meet people. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. We love yeah. it. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, for someone who sucks at golf, I mean, it's it's really inspiring seeing uh, seeing Tyler be able to rise up through the ranks the way he did, and and really, you know, really develop a nice yeah. swing. I mean, like you were saying, I mean, I I, I unfortunately suffer from the same baseball swing uh, syndrome where it's just like I'm bending in all the wrong places, and I'm also probably going to shoot that thing 90 degrees into the clubhouse as well. <laughs> so, I mean, Tyler, I feel you, dude. Yeah, no, it, yeah, it was we, a battle, but we got there. So, that's how you do it. Uh, but Connor, I wanted to thank you so much for coming on the show to talk about Be Under Par. For anyone who uh, wants to follow you guys, is there? Uh, do you want to just do like a last little, last little shout out? Yeah, I mean, shout out to shout out to Shane. He's our kind of group leader. He's been you know still facilitating everything, keeping us under control. Shout out to you guys at the Wire. Thanks for having us on. Um, follow Absolutely. us on Instagram B dot under dot par. I appreciate it. Check us out and uh play golf if you've uh, never done it. well we appreciate you coming on i love the brand i love the meaning keep working yeah thanks, connor man. bailey everyone thanks, thanks man. For going on, man appreciate it talk to you guys so i mean it's awesome that we actually are able to it's it's actually crazy tyler that you did start a golf podcast and all that stuff i mean i the the crazy part for me is when I just saw on your Insta, on your Instagram and you just said oh yeah by the way we're in Florida I was just like how did that happen and I was yeah. just like I was like and then I saw you were at top at at Top Golf and I was like oh my god <laughs> we did it all we actually played the mini golf course at Top Golf and That's it was not your average mini golf course it was really intense. Yeah. yeah dude i mean if it's anything if it's anything like the driving range there i mean it's probably just got to be like insane oh man we had we had a great time at the driving range we actually all walked up with our full bags and <laughs> we were the only people there that did that so we were getting some nasty looks but it was a lot of fun <laughs> now what are you gonna do <laughs> exactly oh, yeah. wow yeah uh so then so then uh it's awesome that we were able to talk about the be under per podcast shout out to you guys uh you know holding it down over there uh, I mean, I also, uh, also, I want to, you know, just talk about, 
my personal struggles over this over this break. I was, you know, in the fantasy in my fantasy football playoffs, and I just lost in the most tragic way recently. I mean, I'll I'll talk to it more about about the special guest we're having on the show in a little bit because he's he's partly responsible. He's actually no, he's responsible for the reason this is happening. Uh, but you know, I I was playing again. I was playing in I was playing in the semifinals, and literally I, you know, I some of my players just didn't just didn't clutch up. I mean, Tyler. You're a Vikes fan. You can. I feel like you can attest to this. Thielen didn't have the greatest day on Sunday. Thielen. Uh, I also, Thielen had a tough game. Yeah. I also had DK Metcalf. Also, he didn't hold it down. And then the one that really killed me was Evan Ingram because, because even after the even after the trash game he had, he he had the audacity to to go on Twitter and, and talk about his Pro Bowl nod. And I was just like, bro, you cost me my season. But uh, the thing, <laughs> with the literally the thing that teased me the most was it came down to the it came down to the Monday night game between Steelers and Bengals and literally I'm leading at this point by like less than 2 points and I and I and I put out on Twitter and I tweet at Ryan Finley and I was like I was like Ryan Finley if you ho- if you hold the Steelers under 2 points I will get your jersey I was like I don't care just please and the he and he ended up holding them to 2 points which ended up not being enough I I ended up losing by 0.18 points and I'm and now I'm just absolutely just completely just emotionless after that game. I'll talk to it. I'll start about that. That's a that's a I'll tough talk, loss, bro. I I am so pissed off. I mean, I had Logan Thomas on my bench who got 20 points. I mean, dude, it's it was a it was a rough it was a roller coaster. Now, Brian, a, a question for you. Ryan yeah. Finley did come through for you though. Are you gonna still buy a jersey, bro? I said he's got to win me. I said he's got to win it for me. You're right. I, You're right. No dice. No dice. Uh, but you know, uh, That's true. Uh, I feel like it's about time to finally really transfer into uh, talking about talking about sports and uh, to welcome in. We're going to end up going over to the NBA, and I think it's only appropriate that we welcome in uh, one of our guests that we've uh, really just had talk about NBA every time we, you know, kind of like at least lately when we talk NBA on this show. Uh, it's also it's also because he is a it's also because he's a Rockets fan and that's in there and his team is falling apart. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Jake Marshan. Let's see if he gets in. Mr. Jake Marshand. The Jacob Marshand. Jake Marshand, welcome into the There he is. How's it going? Good. Welcome in. How are you doing? Pretty good. Dude, how's your break been? Pretty good. It's been going pretty good. Hanging in there. Yeah. Now, Jake, have you been hitting the uh, strip clubs as hard as James Harden or uh, no? (laughs) Uh, I will refrain from answering. <laughs> no, he's been throwing bigger tantrums though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> true. I mean, I mean, Jake. You know, it's I like having you on the I like having you on to talk NBA because you watch more NBA than a lot of us. So I feel like you kind of I feel like you do have some expertise there. But I also like bringing you on because it is it is kind of fun to to make fun at your team's expense how it, how James Harden is basically just uh, walking catastrophe at this point. Mm. So it's so it's part it's also partly kind of just humoring myself at the fact that uh, the Rockets are just completely falling apart. Oh, I'll join in on making fun of James Harden. He's I mean, not worth the effort at this point. I mean, yep. dude, like what has happened with him? He like literally went from a guy who, you know, I re- I really didn't see him as anything as like really problematic, but you know, he, he threw a basketball at a teammate in practice the other day. Like a rookie really, too. Yeah, I'm just like, what is happening with him? Like, like, do you have, like do you have any like do you have like really any like idea of like of like what is happening with Harden? I mean, like, it's is it really that bad in Houston that he needs out? I think Russell Westbrook's gone. 
that era is over in Houston. And I think he wants out, but he's going about it the wrong way. Yeah. He, I think he put in for a trade and officially like, I remember he said he wanted to go to like the nets and then they were talking to the heat as well. But when those didn't pan out, he just started throwing temper tantrums and just not acting like a professional even. Yeah. So he's just not handling himself well. And it's looking bad for the rest of the team. Yeah. I mean, I guess there are some things with that, with that whole strip club story. I guess, I guess he is saying that like that he was actually that, he put out a thing on his Instagram and he, and he was like, listen, I was at an event for, for a friend of mine. It was not a, it was not an event at a strip club, but it was an event. And I'm just like, uh, and part of me is just like, I don't know. Like the fact that like, there's just so much scrutiny under this guy uh, w- with this guy right now, it's not really looking good for James Harden. Like, I feel like it's, it kind of is reminiscent of the whole AB situation in, in Oakland where he was just trying to do anything to get out at that point. And it, that's just really what it reminds me of, unfortunately. Yeah, and, and the problem with the Rockets is they're asking for way too much. I mean, for, yeah. from the Nets, they wanted Kyrie Irving, Karis LeVert, uh, and then uh, first round. And then from the 76ers, their uh, initial uh, package was Ben Simmons and two first-round picks. So James Harden, don't get me wrong, he's good. I've never liked him, but he's a good basketball player. Oh, yeah. um, but they're just asking for way too much. They're not going to get that much from those teams. Well, and even just the way he's acting as like so unprofessional, like he's just lowering his value. Like what team is going to want to bring that in? Like he's and like he's like because of COVID, he's putting the team at risk. Like I mean, I know there was something about John Wall and Demarcus Cousins getting haircuts, and like the team only had like eight players for tonight's game, so it was postponed. Jesus, but it's not yeah, looking I- good. Yeah, I knew there was a big COVID outbreak with that. I mean, you know, there was also the other big thing that happened with Harden was that he showed up to uh, is, was that he showed up to camp looking like just absurdly overweight. I mean, he, he caused he caused Rick Ross to trend on Twitter because of the way he was looking out big there. Big boss I was, Rick Ross. I, I was like, bro, that's brutal. I mean, I mean, have you also seen the pictures of him of him this year? He's gone through like two transformations of like looking insanely like of looking like insanely frail and skinny like during the pandemic. And then, like, once he got to the bubble, he, like, bulked up again. And then he lost it again and then gained it back again. I'm just, like, like the dude is, like, a chameleon. Like, he's able to just, like, just, like, he's just able to, like, just completely, like, he's, like, a shapeshifter. I can't tell what's Photoshopped anymore. Like, some Instagram pages will post, like, what if these NBA players were overweight? And there's a picture of James Harden. It's, like, is that real? Like, I can't tell. (laughs) Yeah. It's, like, that picture of, like, LeBron where it's, like, LeBulk. Yeah. Jake, you should get Harden on your running plan because he'd cut that in a week or two on your your system. Dude, he couldn't keep up. Dude. I mean – I mean, Tyler ain't wrong. I mean, if if you got him on, if you got him on, if you got James Harden on your running plan, dude, he'd he'd, he'd play more defense. That's for sure. Yeah, he probably and would. I wouldn't. I wouldn't give him that much credit, Carter. <laughs> I wouldn't give him that much credit. Uh, but you know, I mean, it's definitely a, it's definitely a, it's definitely a really difficult situation to kind of just like really gauge at this point with Harden because, like, I mean, should the Rockets at this point really try to mend anything, mend the relationship with them, in your opinion, or do you think he should just, or do you think they should really just try to get him out of the door at this point? I think if they can get him out for something that they see is valuable enough, I understand that. Like we, when we were talking to the Heat, like they were trying to go for Tyler Hero, and like the Heat in official statement said he wasn't untouchable, meaning like they wanted to keep him, but like yeah. didn't want to rush to part with him. So like I was kind of excited for the possibility of that, but with Harden lowering his value and just like bring the whole team down, 
it's going to be tough to get like a fair trade, you know? Yeah, I feel you. So uh, I think like hold on to him if you need to and try to wait for his value to go up. Let him get some stats in the middle of the season, you know, because that's what he goes for. But yeah, see what you can do. T- no, nah, it makes a ton of sense. But I mean, do you do you think he can even bring up his value to where he was before? I I mean, I think this has damaged his career so much. I'll be shocked if they get like a, I don't even know, a Chris Middleton for him. You know, I mean, I think you're yeah. getting more than I think you're getting more than Chris Middleton for James Harden. Uh, but I but I feel like at this point, like you know, in in a lot of these deals, they 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 say that um. Uh, and a lot of these deals, they say that the team getting the superstar is usually the team that wins. Like, you know, they were talking, I mean, I remember that was like a big thing with the, with like the Kyrie trade to boss. And that was like kind of a whole thing. And that really didn't work itself out. Do you think this kind of has a similar situation that it could be like the Kyrie trade where it's like the team that gets them thinks that they're going to be getting like a, like a really solid, like basket of goods, but then they, but then they end up realizing that it may, he may be more toxic than they initially thought. I think it could go that way, but he's made the message pretty clear on and off the court. He wants yeah. out. So, or, do you think he, or do you think he's literally just trying to be to be like, I want to get out, and then I'll kind of like, and then I'll kind of like shape up, like once I'm elsewhere. I don't know. I see him like I know he said he wants to go to the Nets, but like the Nets in the season opener last night, they played fantastic. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. the Warriors weren't at full strength with Clay Thompson out with a season-ending injury and Draymond not on the floor. But I don't know. I, I think he wants to go to the Nets or somewhere where he can have a better shot at getting a ring. Yeah, I mean, right now, I mean, I mean, the Nets seem to have pretty solid chemistry right now. I mean, you know, Kyrie, Kyrie and KD is a, it's a pretty, you know, those personalities have have had a have had paths of being pretty toxic. So I mean, the fact that you know it seems to be working out so far is pretty good for Brooklyn. I don't know if adding James Harden with all the with all the controversy he's been stirring up is necessarily the best move to do at this point, but. You know, if 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 uh, if Steve Nash and and that Brooklyn squad feels like they can handle, uh, you know, an entire that that boat of personalities, then, I mean, if they can get it for a, for a good price, then I'd probably say I'd push the button on it. Definitely. Yeah. Carter and Tyler, what do you guys think? Well, um. <laughs> Well, do you, uh, were you talking about the Nets, a Nets yeah. trade potentially? Yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry, I was just reading the show map. Um, yeah, I think a James Harden trade to the Nets will absolutely blow up, and I don't think that would be good at all. Maybe you can get two good seasons before he starts throwing temper tantrums on the Nets, and I think it's just too many superstars in one spot to ever work itself out. Hmm. I don't, I don't think the Nets can give the Rockets enough to. Like yeah, make up Harden wants James to play Harden. with with someone like Kyrie. He wants to play with KD and Kyrie, right? You can't give yeah. Kyrie away in the trade. That's why yeah, Harden true. wants to go there. Yeah, true. I mean, the Nets do have a lot of do have a lot of uh, guys outside outside of KD and Kyrie. I mean, just in terms of depth in general. I mean, you do have you do have like uh, DeAndre Jordan's. You do have uh, Karis Levert, and just a bunch of guys like that that uh, really can you know uh, be a plus for your team. But uh, it is going to be de- it's definitely going to be tough to you know really formulate. Yeah, um, and I don't like, even think the well. Nets, it's worth it for them. I mean, yeah. they have enough enough depth. They have the two superstars they need. It's not really necessary for them to go out and get James Harden. So. Yeah, no, it, it really doesn't make a ton of sense right now for that. I mean, if they're if they're rolling right now, I, I'm, I'm almost just like, you know, like, let's see where this. I mean, they should at least try to see where, the, where it goes right now. 
like where their team can, you know, at least go from right now before they try to shake everything up. I mean, it seems that they finally have a good thing going with their program, which they haven't had for, you know, the good, the better part of over 10 years at this point. So I feel like they should at least try to see what they have before they try to, before they do anything too drastic. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, also in NBA news, uh, we, fu- we saw the NBA return last night after, after a shortened season, uh, a shortened off season rather, uh, due to the NBA bubble playoffs. Uh, you know, the first game that we saw last night was Warriors versus Nets. We saw uh, it was Katie's first regular season game back against his old team. And the Warriors had to go up against uh, the Warriors had to go up against them uh, down Clay Thompson for another year after he suffered just, just another, you know, catastrophic injury this time to his other leg uh, ACL tear on that end. Uh, you know, the, the, the Nets actually, the Nets just really took it to the Warriors and, and really just beat them handily. I mean, you know, just looking at that game, it seems like it really does seem like they're going to, you know, be in good shape for this. Yeah. Season. They look like a really solid team out there, but um, can't, can't forget the fact that, uh, Kelly Oubre did yeah man KD uh that was, yeah, that was a true. sweet move by that was him. a great moment yeah do you also see the thing that uh I think James Wiseman the the rookie center that the Warriors drafted also finished with like 19 points so he's our so he's already contributing for that team I mean the one thing the Warriors really did need uh during all those title runs was a solid big man and you know the most solid big man that they had during those runs was was uh Andrew Bogut and I mean the fact that they were still able to be as dominant as they were during those runs with, with a guy who like that says a lot. And I mean, I think if Wiseman, you know, can keep on progressing, like the Warriors have a chance to really build this thing back and, you know, make another run. I think when clay is healthy. Yeah. And that's the most amazing thing about the golden state warriors is that the three peak golden state warriors managed to in the off season, get arguably the number one prospect out of college in James Wiseman, depending on who you ask add yeah. him to the roster and then you still got to think they got Draymond Green coming back they got Clay Thompson coming back they picked up solid bench pieces and Kelly Oubre so it, they're going to within the next maybe year they're going to be a force to be reckoned with yeah uh so um then the second game we ended up seeing uh part of that part of the opening night slate was uh Lakers versus Clippers uh, obviously the the world champs took took on uh their took on their rival uh but there was kind of but there was kind of a uh there was some controversy kind of going into the game a little bit it kind of it kind of had died down but uh you know beforehand there were some there were some rumors that uh apparently uh, apparently that uh clippers clippers general manager manager Jerry West uh referred to the Lakers as quote a shit show to as they were trying to pursue Kawhi Leonard in free agency I mean, what were you guys' thoughts on, like, I mean, did you guys hear about that story? Because I thought I heard of that and I was, and part of me is just like, part of me is just like, I'm thankful that, that Jerry West said that because if he didn't, uh, there might be, there might be an insane super team instead of just the one that already exists in LA. But I'm also kind of just like, what the hell is Jerry West talking about? Because like the, because the Lakers were just absolutely insane this year. I mean, it it was kind of like that. It was kind of like that, uh, I'm very thankful that he said it because, you know, we could be looking at just that we could be looking at a title run like we haven't seen in like we've never seen before. Yeah, I mean, granted, would have been awesome to see Kawhi Leonard on that Lakers team. Yeah, but I don't know. I really don't know what Jerry West was referencing to. Maybe he was talking about the bus's ownership because that's always been put into question. Yeah. And kind of how. You know, there's been some turmoil. Uh, Magic Johnson uh, 
quit as president a season in and there's a lot of drama with bringing ad in and practically giving up their future so that could be what that could be what he's in reference to but i i just i don't see it they've they've had their share of drama and rumors over the seasons but i don't think it's any more or less than anyone else i mean and if you want to talk drama drama and rumors uh on the clippers side um there's one name that uh comes to mind that uh he he provided some trouble for the clippers so if if yep. jerry west is calling anyone the shit show i i'd point it right back at the clippers and say well you know you had a donald sterling so i don't know oh that isn't what I was actually going to talk about when. Yeah, you I was thinking Paul George. Yeah, I was thinking oh. Paul George. Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I wasn't I mean, going that deep. Yeah, <laughs> I was. I wasn't going back that far. Actually, Tyler, I was thinking more. I was thinking more of the fact that you know, pandemic P is just really looking just brutal out there. I mean, did, I mean, did you see that? Did you guys see that clip of him just passing the ball to the ref? Yeah, he no, he I, was a nightmare as well, but. Dude, I, he I looked mean, at the. I mean, he ended up finishing with like thirty something points. So I mean, he did figure it out in that game. But I mean, it was just the fact that it, it it doesn't even matter how many points he scored, unfortunately, at that point, because like the whole thing was whole thing from him was was, was like, oh, I'm going to get it together. I'm going to be like, Eck, I'm going to be like this. And then like he came out and unfortunately, that that, that now viral clip is going to be, you know, what, what people are going to take away from opening night, even though he did have all those points. So, I mean, uh, do I think that Paul George, uh, you know, can, uh, you know, can can improve and get better like get better yes but i mean he's already doing well enough i mean the clippers obviously think so considering they just threw 220 million dollars at him yeah i mean that's insane (laughs) yeah i which i don't know don't totally agree with because ever since his injury which you know you can't expect him to ever be the same player but yeah i don't know i don't think he was really worth all that but yeah yeah did uh, how how far do you how far do you guys think the Clippers are actually going to be able to go this year? I mean, I mean, obviously they have the Lakers in the West, so that's going to be difficult. But you know, after after a playoff exit that a lot of people thought was somewhat early, I mean, some some people didn't because of the way that they were playing. But you know, like you have Kawhi Leonard, you have Paul George, and I mean, to kind of go out the way you did against the Nuggets was kind of was kind of just like lackluster. Do you think that they can? You know, uh, do you think they can get further this year, or do you think that you know they're just still stuck in this kind of like weird spot um well i mean look at look at their there's one name that like i attribute to them they're not going to make it even close to as far uh their six slash seventh man montrezel harrell uh they lost him to the lakers and yeah he was really the only fiery competitor that left it all out there on the team in my eyes so I think that's just too big of a loss. And I mean, now you got to figure out who matches up with Jokic, who matches up with LeBron and AD. I I don't see them even making it as far as they did last year. Really? No. You don't think? You know that- what? I couldn't have said it better myself. Wow. You don't think? That- <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of agree. I don't think they're going very far. This you don't year. think? You don't think Kawhi can be that fiery guy? No. no. The Denver Nuggets, for the first time in a long time, were a playoffs team. Like they usually did in the past, have done very well during the regular season. Kind of just fizzled out during the playoffs, yeah. but they've they've showed like this past year they're they're here to stay. Just the yeah. fact that they're currently paying Paul George and they just got rid of Montrezl. Yeah, that's enough to sell it for me. Yeah, it's yeah. overall in my eyes a very soft team. I mean, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George 
arguably are the most load managed guys in uh, the NBA, which is a term that just means taking the taking the game off. Yeah, um, that 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 is one of the things about the about those two that I really you know can't stand because it's like. I mean, obviously you're not having fans in the stands right now with COVID and, and everything like that. But even when you do, it's like, it's like you show up to the game and basically flip a coin of which superstar isn't, isn't going to be playing today. Exactly. And you look and, at LeBron James, I mean, countless seasons, he's played 75 to 82 games that season. He's only had one bad injury that he missed time. And a lot of afterwards, a lot of people were saying the fact that he came back from that groin injury in six months was like a medical miracle. Most guys takes year or two to come back from something like that so yeah yeah i mean the fact that i mean the fact that you know lebron was able to bounce back like that and people still kind of get on him for uh you know now now that now that the wave of load management has kind of become a thing but you know even but i mean i think that i don't know i feel like you know i I, i'm not a fan of load management whatsoever i think that i feel like i feel like it just robs the fans of that experience that we're all looking for and i i don't know i'm just i i just wish there, there was a way to uh, kind of you know avoid it without shorting the schedule because that that's that's really the alternative that I've heard where it's just like oh well we won't have to load manage if you take all the games away and it's just like well that's not what we want to do either agreed yeah never been a fan I, I mean I've never really been a basketball player but I can't really see how if you if you love basketball and you you play it your entire life and you want to play it as a profession taking time off just seems like you're treating it like any other job like it's employment you know and so exactly. many people, so many yeah, people it's your dying life. to be in the shoes of those players. It's kind of heartbreaking. Yeah. I mean, look at how many so. guys are in the G League that would gladly play 82 games straight on a broken ankle. Right. And, you know, so I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, again, they're superstars. We're not. We don't know what we don't know what it's like to have to deal with that. So, you know, it it's just one of those unfortunate things about, you know, growing up with basketball now that now that's just the reality of the situation. It just sucks. <laughs> it really just sucks that that's like what we have to grow up with. Uh, but, you know, the but now kind of transitioning over to uh, the Boston Celtics, uh, you know, you know, you know, they're their home openers tonight. They're playing the Milwaukee Bucks. I think they I think they probably just tipped off like seven minutes ago or something like that, uh, you know. You know the the Celtics for the Celtics for at least the past couple of years now. I mean, they they've almost kind of started to like look like they really just haven't been able to get as far as they did during that um uh, during that Eastern Conference Finals run. I mean, they they ended up getting bounced by the Heat in in the in the Conference Finals uh, in the bubble. They ended up going out in the second round against the Bucks uh, the year the year prior. I mean, how do you guys feel about how do you guys just in general feel about this? Uh, just feel about this team like going into the season. I mean, they added Tristan Thompson and Jeff Teague. They got Tatum locked down for another five years. Uh, Gordon Hayward ended up going to Charlotte, uh, so we don't have that. We don't have that element anymore. Uh, like, how do you guys feel just about this team in general? I'm very mad that we did not get Andre Drummond. Um, yeah, he was supposed to be the guy, and yeah, Tristan Thompson is kind of he. He will be solid. He'll he'll give us ten points and ten boards yeah, night in and night get- out but he'll do he'll do the job but it's like yeah like literally like when i was writing the show map originally and like kind of just like writing through everything like that i just wrote in oh they signed andre drummond because like that's who that's who it was supposed to be like i didn't even think twice about it and i'm just like dang like the fact that like we couldn't even get drummond like i mean tristan thompson obviously is a solid big i mean i'm i was looking at it he's uh from from what i was seeing about his height 
it I I saw that he's under like six ten, which I mean for for to be the center on the Celtics, which you know have longed for that big guy who can really you know dominate. I mean, we had Daniel Tice, who I believe was around the same height. So Al Horford like, was about six nine. So yeah. So I mean, you know, if he if he can be that aggressor and really you know help us out underneath, that's gonna be that's gonna be huge for us. But I mean. But I mean, I, I don't know. I just wish you could have gotten someone like just a little taller, just being greedy here. But I mean, I feel like I feel like if you just got like that extra inch or two, like that's going to be the difference. Yeah. And the reason I keep going back to Andre Drummond is because he was in a bad situation. We should have snagged him out of Detroit. Cleveland ended up getting him and he's still in a bad situation in Cleveland. You know, he, I know he wants to win so that he could have been our golden goose, but we just oh, yeah. missed a big opportunity. We, we, fu- we fumbled the bag hard on that. For I'm, sure. I'm, I'm so pissed that we did that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, uh, also kind of in also kind of staying in t- uh, on the theme of the Celtics. Uh, Kyrie Irving visited the boss uh, visited uh, the visited TD Garden for a preseason game the other day. And he was seen burning sage around the garden. Did you guys see that clip of him just like walking around the? Yeah. Trying- I'm, I'm, and it's. Isn't that just like like ward off demons or something? Like that's what that's for or something? Yeah, they interviewed Kevin Durant or they interviewed someone about it. I don't remember who, but they said like he does that all the time. He probably does that before he plays a game of 2K. So they tried to brush it off. Some people are taking it personally. I don't know how, how to deal with I that. I mean, it, I mean, if I mean, if he was trying to ward off any demons that he probably had in that place, I mean, it works because like. Because you know the the Nets absolutely just dominated the Celtics in that preseason game. They're gonna the Celtics gonna have another shot at or at are gonna have a shot at revenge on on their Christmas Day game. That's when they're that's when they're next playing again. Uh, so you know, I think in Kyrie's eyes, like that whole move is just to like remove negative energy from his area. And yeah, we know Kyrie has been surrounded by a lot of negative energy lately. Yeah, I mean, and that's and that's kind of like what. Like, I feel like that's kind of just like Kyrie's like aura too. Like he's a very like spiritual guy. I mean, like a lot of people have said like, like when Kyrie, when Kyrie retires, we're not going to ever see him again. Yeah, no, like, he's very like anti-media. Like, like, like there's that whole thing of like when he, re- like when he retires or like, he's just going to like go off and live in a cabin somewhere and we're not going to ever see him again. Like that's going to be the end of Kyrie Irving in the public guy. Agreed. Like I, I can see I, it already. Yeah. It's, it's going to be like, like, we're just going to be looking 20 years down the line, just be like, you know, whatever happened to Kyrie Irving, and it's gonna be like it's gonna be like, oh, he's still alive. <laughs> like that's just gonna that's just gonna be the story of Kyrie. I feel like I don't know. That's just me though. Uh, but finally, in the NBA, uh, we have we're we have um uh, we're gonna be talking about uh, we had to talk about this. Uh, the the all the Ball brothers officially had made it to the NBA uh, at one point. You know that was gonna be the story leading into the show, but you know, but like you know, probably like like a little over a week before we did this, uh, Leandro LeBaugh was officially cut by the Detroit Pistons. You know, uh, you know, when his brother LaMelo got drafted third overall to the Hornets, you had Lonzo, who's now on the Pelicans. And it was going to be like, oh my God, Leandro's on that. And, you know, I remember LeVar Ball was out all on Twitter saying like, I told you so. I knew, I told you all my, told you all my sons were going to be in the NBA. And now that, and now that, uh, now that he's cut LeVar Ball, you know, basically, you know, I don't know if he took to Twitter or however he did this uh, in an interview, he basically said that the Pistons were raggedy as hell and just were just trashing on the Pistons for cutting his son. I mean, what were you guys' thoughts on LeVar at least just getting all his kids in the NBA just in general? Listen, man, I've been saying this from the beginning. I'm leaning in for this one. LeVar Ball 
is a marketing genius. This man, since 2000, 2015, 16, he yeah. has been in our ears constantly. If it wasn't for LeVar Ball, I wouldn't know about Chino Hills. I wouldn't know about Lonzo Ball. I wouldn't know that LiAngelo stole expensive sunglasses in China. I wouldn't know that, that about is, their that entire lives. Half court. Exactly. I, I wouldn't. Yeah. We wouldn't know anything about them. And I don't think that his sons would have been highly as highly regarded in the draft based off pure talent. I, without LeVar Ball's hi- hype, Lonzo Ball isn't going second to the Lakers. Jason Tatum is going second to the Lakers. And thank God. I mean, honestly, for, for that sake, thank God LeVar Ball was able to hype the crap out of his son. Agreed. And just, and just you know, keep Tatum out, keep Tatum out of their clutches. I mean, if if the Celtics lost Tatum, I, actually, I think if if the Lakers had ended, up, ended up having him, I feel like the Celtics might have just like, I feel like the Celtics probably might have just kept that number one overall pick instead of letting it go to Philly. But I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they don't. Maybe they just go for Tatum at three. Yeah, I, who like, knows? I mean, I mean, you know, they did end up getting a plethora of draft picks after that. So, you know, that could have been that could have been just an entire rewriting of NBA history. Maybe Jason Tatum goes to the Lakers and and maybe Anthony maybe Anthony Davis stays in New Orleans. Like, who knows what happens? Like, like is that like is is Tatum part of is Tatum part of the Davis deal? Like, how does that go down? Like, that's an entire like just. That's an entire like whole like NBA conspiracy like of like what would have happened if that happened like yeah like that would have been uh, just absolutely insane. I mean, you know, I mean, I feel like to call the Pistons raggedy. I mean, you know, they've had you know they're a, they're a championship franchise, and I mean, kind of like looking at Lavar, I'm just like your sons are on your sons are on your other two sons are on the Pelicans and the Hornets, two like the you know least experienced franchises in the NBA at this point. And I'm just like. I don't know if like trash on the Pistons who have had, you know, that experience in the playoffs is like necessarily like the smartest thing to say. Yeah, no, but, especially if you're trying to get them to employ your son. I mean, yeah, calling them raggedy. I, I don't know. Just not a good move by him. But yeah, other than that, I think he's done pretty much everything right. Yeah, uh, I got to weigh in on this. If you don't mind, uh, Brian, Tyler and I have been arguing about this for like years, years. on end. We've had we, many we've arguments been arguing about this since about this. freshman year of high school. So right. my take on this is I will give you credit. LeVar Ball, he's gotten his kids where they are. He's been that foundation for them. The brand, the publicity, it's it's worked. It's worked. That's the end result. That's how it's been going. But you kind of have to question his methods and like, is all publicity good publicity? Like yes, there's yeah. videos circulating the answer, the yes. him. But when he was coaching Lamella Ball at like for his high school team, they there was a bad call made by a ref and he told the kids for his team halfway through the game, get on the bus, we're going home. You know, telling everyone he'd beat Michael Jordan in a one v one. No. You know, it's just See, some things like I, I that's just where I don't agree with you, man. All publicity is good publicity. You get your but, name out there, it's just good stuff. The okay, results, you can see the results. He had three kids at one point in the NBA. No, you're not wrong. I, I very I very much agree with the like results of it. But like also what you were saying about how like his interactions, like talking about the pistons and like trash talking them. And like even when like uh 
when Lonzo was going into the league and he was like, you better not like my son's only playing on one or two teams. Like he was already like his kids still had to prove himself. And he was already like making a short list. Like he was like the next LeBron, you know? And the, and the big thing too was, was like saying, was trying to like, was almost trying to decipher like, is LeVar really in it for his kids or is, or is he more in it for himself? Like when he had like that whole like, uh, like thing of like, Oh, I could be Jordan in a one V one. It's like, dude, obviously you can't, you can't. Carter, like, what, do you, what do you think on LeVar ball? I kind of agree with you, but like only a little bit. Um, I agree that he got Lonzo to where he is. hundred percent. Lonzo was all LeVar balls responsibility. When you heard about Lonzo, you heard about LeVar, LeVar first. LaMelo. I think LaMelo did it did it more personally. I think he did it more like on his own. I did kind of he Carter, played, he played overseas. Yeah, he he played overseas. Uh he he played as a pro. He didn't go to college. He didn't fo- like follow that normal path to the NBA that everybody does. And honestly, I haven't heard the name Lavar Ball in in a while. Well, this like, isn't like public publicly like something yeah. I, that would catch my eye you know and I mean? I, i'm not discounting the work ethic and the hard work of lonzo liangelo and Lamelo. they work their tails off day in and day out i can't imagine how many shots Lamelo ball has taken in his life to be that confident to pull up from half court that's not me discounting their hard work whatsoever i'm just saying you know lavar ball was the the push that got the ball rolling he put those weight training programs in place he got basketball in their minds from an early age so granted he's true to himself he legitimately believes he can beat michael jordan one-on-one and you know what i'm not gonna i'm not gonna judge him for thinking that i can disagree with him big time you can think you can think he's insane exactly so So i don't know believe that he he got his kids kind of to where they are but i think but uh lonzo didn't take it as far yeah, as no, Carter, I kind of, I, I agree with your take on the LaMelo thing. Cause like, yeah. you know, during Lonzo and, you know, at the beginning of LiAngelo before things started to fall apart, uh, you know, like once things fell, fell apart in China, like, you know, LaVar and Le- the LaVar and LiAngelo's name kind of went out the window, but, you know, especially with, uh, but with LaMelo, I think you're 100% right. Where like, you know, pe- people were talking, Oh, LaMelo ball. And like LaVar ball, people were almost like talking about LaVar ball, just being like, Oh, what's he going to say? Like when this starts to gain traction, and, you know, he really didn't say a lot of stuff until until basically draft night. I mean, he obviously was going to talk of his son, which he, which he did, but it was nowhere close to what he did with Lonzo. I mean, mm-hmm. Lonzo, Lonzo, it was Lonzo and LeVar every single day on interviews, like trying to, you know, trying to build up hype for this guy. I remember like, I mean, I mean, I remember like hearing about Lonzo Ball at first and being and being like, oh, he's going to be like, he's going to be like Stephen Curry or he's going to be like this type of next guy. And I, then I remember just hearing, and then I then Levar Ball just completely took over and just became just the domineering like force that he was just in in Lonzo's life. I mean, exactly. he, like, but you know, when it came to Lamelo, I mean, I really didn't. I re, I I'm actually being honest with you. I don't really remember hearing Levar talk to talk about it as much. It was more just about uh, Lonzo than anything uh, in his situation in New Orleans that I remember him. Yeah, talking about. which kind of worked in his favor because Lonzo came first. He had to yeah. do more with Lonzo to get him to get him up there. He made his name bigger while doing yeah. that, so it that was Lamelo more... could just take take the legacy. You know, yeah, it was more just building up the. It was more just kind of building up the whole brand behind it. 
Uh, I mean, speaking of that, I mean, like I was Googling just LeVar just in general to see if like there were any big stories about it. And when you do look LeVar up on Google, it like, I don't know if he, how much he, how much input he had to have in this, but when you do look it up, it does just it like the first thing under it isn't like, isn't like father of like Lonzo ball. Like the thing, the first thing under it is CEO of big baller brand. <laughs> and I'm, I'm just, I'm just like the, I'm, I'm just like, how much pull did he have to have to be, to be like, yes, that is what needs to come up. Not that I'm the, not that I'm their dad, that I'm the CEO of this yeah. company. I mean that that says a lot about his personality by itself. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean the dude wants the dude wanted to build up the next Nike, and I I, I feel like Big Baller Brand. I mean, I feel like Big Baller Brand eventually did like team up with some other with some other shoe brand. I forget which one. I forget which one it was though. I think I remember at the they. End of- you go. You go. They released those first prototypes of the Zos in like yeah. 2017, and they were like bricks. People said they were like those the were worst nightmares. quality shoes. Yeah, dude. I remember yeah, they were Lonzo, looking rough. Yeah, I remember Lonzo took like the court on, took the court in them, and then didn't he like, didn't he like injure himself, and then just and then he <laughs> yeah. said screw it. I think he said screw it and just like showed up in Kobe's like the next day. Yeah, yeah. he actually ripped open the shoe. And, yeah, and messed up his ankle because of it. <laughs> yeah. So so like I remember like the next day he just showed up in purple Kobe's and was like screw it. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was like listen, I can't wear these. You don't need to pay my bills anymore. <laughs> yeah. But final take, I think at the end of the day, LeVar Ball has always wanted what's best for his kids. And yeah. he will, I think he's the type of guy that will do anything that it takes. If it if it means him going out on national television and saying something blatantly stupid, like I could beat Michael Jordan one-on-one, he'll do it 10, 10 out of 10 times. He will mm-hmm. say anything. <laughs> so, you know, I'll give you that, Tyler, 100%. Uh, but Jake, we wanted to thank you so much for so much for having you on the show. We're about to transition over to our NFL segment, but before we do, we wanted to thank you for so much for coming on, dude. It's always having fun. It's always fun being able to talk NBA with you. I mean, you know, maybe it was kind of at your expense for the whole Harden thing, but I mean, I enjoyed it. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. See you, Jake. See ya. Peace. So before we end up transitioning over to our next segment, I wanted to welcome in uh, our second, I, I believe, actually, Carter, I think you have another guest that'll be coming in soon, right? Or is that not the um, case? At some point, yep. At some point, all right. But for but for NFL, we're going to end up welcoming in, welcoming in uh, another one of our friends. Uh, please welcome Adam Wright. Let's see if he gets in. waiting <laughs> so in the meantime how's everybody uh feeling this youtube live format i'm digging it I'm so it. far i'm in, i'm enjoying it oh i think it's finally working adam can you hear us yes i can how are you th- how are y'all <clears throat> how are y'all doing i'm doing well dude how are you feeling pretty good pretty good i'm chilling yeah. nice we're about to actually hop into some nfl so uh i mean you actually i, I was actually kind of thinking about that and you know, before we end up popping in, hopping into football, uh, you know, I was we were talking with Tyler early on the show that he started a golf podcast. You yourself started an NFL podcast. Uh, you want to kind of like tell tell any viewers about that? Yeah, so our podcast come with a couple of my buddies from school. Uh, where it's called the uh, the Fumble Rooski Podcast. Um, so we just discuss all things NFL and. We kind of debate. We go back and forth. We we disagree on just about everything. So, <laughs> go if you want, want to see two friends bashing each other on each other's takes. Fumble Ruski Podcast is the place for you. 
Yeah, Adam, I was telling you my one of my my favorite parts of the podcast is when I see you and you and your uh you and one of your and your co-host Brian Mucker just absolutely go at each other for for football takes. I think that's that's 100% one of the funniest parts of the podcast just seeing you guys get so visibly upset and I remember telling you I, I remember like asking him asking him like are you two okay cuz like I I was worried that I was like witnessing the end of a friendship like when I saw you guys like battling it out. We go just, we <laughs> go at each other 100 like we like just that. it's all just full head of steam right into each other we, yeah, yeah. we and we just go straight back to being friends all the time it's yeah and i think if, if you don't do like, that are you really friends exactly especially about sports like yeah, if exactly. you're not especially if you're a fan of like different teams he's a jets fan i'm a patriots fan so he oh, comes man. at me about tom brady all the time so i'm let's just say i'm ready dude and then and then your third host justin is just in the corner just like witnessing it all go down and it's just like yeah. oh my god well I trust mean, me it happens when he he gets involved when the ravens when he brings up the ravens that's usually true. how it works it'll be me true, and him true. going back and forth and then brian brings up the ravens and then he then then it go, then it's just a wwe so, smackdown it's just Jesus. the three of us just going back it's yeah, yeah, no, th- that is one of my favorite parts of the podcast is when you just guys get so visibly upset at each other and basically are just like screaming at each other. Uh, for any uh, for anyone who wants to follow you guys on Instagram, it's uh, uh, can you just say like your Instagram and stuff like that? Just that way. Uh, so it's Fumbleruski underscore podcast on Instagram, and then just look up Fumbleruski podcast on um, on YouTube, and then you'll you'll find us. Yeah, I, I mean, it's I, worth I, a I, listen. So. Yeah, I think you guys have another episode coming out uh, like tonight or something like that. Yeah, it's being posted in a few minutes. My buddy's just going through some editing and then it'll be out there. Awesome. So once you guys are done with this, I mean, Adam's got a new podcast out. So, you know, hop on that trend. Uh, but Adam, it's awesome. But uh, anyways, Adam, it's awesome to have you in here. I mean, you know, you know, you were you were talking about how you're a pretty uh, passionate Patriots fan like myself, like Carter over here. Tyler, we Tyler, we're still working on. Uh, but never uh, never actually now that you say that hang on I, yeah uh, true i have to true. uh hang on just, just give me one second <laughs> all right let's get into <laughs> nfl football <laughs> all right actually before we do that I, adam i was talking with them early on the show about about uh the way fantasy ended up playing uh i am so pissed with the way that happened <laughs> i am so oh pissed with the way that game ended i Which can't believe fun? Oh, our you won game. by a quarter of a point. No, you did. I won. I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was awesome. I've never won by that's point one eight to be exact. Yeah. For anyone who doesn't know, coming into the season, Adam has had Adam has we've been we played fantasy football football with each other for about what like five years now. Yeah, this is our fifth and, season. Yeah, and you've put you've had like your ups you've had like your up and down seasons like whatever, uh, and but like dude, you've been like like top like a top tier team sometimes. Yet you like yet until this year you had never won a playoff game, dude. Like last every... season, last season I had Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, the top two running backs in the league. I managed to steal, and I had De- I had Kenny Galladay and Stephon Diggs for my receivers. I had Zach Ertz as my as my tight end. Uh, I had Tannehill as my quarterback. I made the second seed, and I I got bounce in the first round yeah i mean <laughs> the amount of luck that the amount of like the lack of luck that you just had dude was absolutely ridiculous i mean uh i know i did know that 
I mean, in playoffs this year, uh, you came in as the six seed. So you actually weren't having like the greatest season at the start. You came in as the six, you bounced out my brother in that round. And then you bounced me. And now you're facing off against Justin Buffoni in, in the championship game. And Super Bowl, I, baby. I, I can't lie. I, I have texted Justin and I've asked him, how much do you want for Alvin Kamara? Because I will give him to you in a heartbeat. <laughs> so, oh God. So it, it, this could be a matchup. This could be a rematch of what happened with me and my brother, where we just gave each, where we, uh, people were just giving everyone on the other team, you know, top players to see what would happen. You know, maybe, yeah. maybe, uh, but Adam, rest assured, I already, Justin already told me that he wants to win this thing fairly. So you have nothing to worry about on your end. Yeah. I don't okay. even think I'm, I don't even think with a, with an upgraded team, he's gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna win. He's, he kind of has it in the bag, especially really? since I gave him, Aaron Rodgers last round. Yeah, so, for Stephon Diggs. But I got Diggs. Only problem is he's facing New England. He has Gilmore. Gilmore's out, so, dude. Yeah, Gilmore. Gilmore hurt. Gilmore's out. Yeah, Gilmore. Gilmore's out. Yeah, Gilmore. Gilmore got starting Stephon Gilmore. Let's go. Or Stephon Diggs. Let's go. Yeah. Well, Gilmore. Got, yeah, Gilmore got injured in Miami. So now it's so now the so now it's J.C. Jackson only. I missed but, that. But yeah. still, Jackson is playing at a Pro Bowl level too. Yeah, dude. I I'm mean, surprised he, got, he didn't make it as a yeah, Pro he, Bowler. He got snubbed this year. I mean, you guys saw that, right? He had he has eight picks and he didn't make it to the Pro Bowl, but but Gilmore did. And Gilmore's been having kind of a really lackluster season. Really? Yeah. JC Jackson got really just that, got snubbed. I mean, I mean, wow. another guy, another guy who got snubbed too was Robert Tanyan on the Packers. I mean, For the sure. dude has like the dude has like 10, the dude has like 10 touchdowns. But Evan Ingram of the Giants made it over him when like he only has like one touchdown. He has like 10 drops, and Tanyan doesn't have a single one. I think the Pro Bowl out of like all All Star games in like all professional sports is the worst because A, it's so name based, and B, you watch yeah. the game and it's so just th- there's no blocking, there's no sacks, yeah. there's really no tackling. It's not football. It's just a it's like a celebrity matchup kind of. Yeah, that's there's horrible. no there's no real way to do it because it's just like I mean like when when you throw all those guys out on the field like in an, in a in a baseball game like for all for an all-star game like you can have those guys throwing as hard as they can you can have and you can have that kind of competitiveness in the NBA all-star game you can have uh like you can have those guys face off against each other and and I I think the NHL all-star game it's like a, it's almost like a tournament thing where like you have like all the divisions like play play against each other where and I'm just like that's awesome. Yeah, and we saw yeah, in the NBA kind of cool. like once it started getting more competitive, it got way more interesting. It was oh, a yeah. lot of fun to watch this year. And football just hasn't been able to figure out. I mean, like the like the skills competition has been interesting, but I mean there really is no there really is no effective way to, you know, bring that competitiveness to the game without telling these guys like, "Oh yeah, one wrong hit and your career could be over." And like that's that's unfortunately like that's unfortunately the drawback to to trying to to trying to get all these guys out for basically an exhibition game. Like they don't they they're just like I'm making way too much money to try hard right now. Agreed. Yeah. Uh but you know, uh I think I think the appropriate place to start in an NFL news Adam, you know, as Patriots fans, as I we were mentioning earlier, you know, unfortunately, you know, our season has come to an end after, you know, a, an insane title run. I mean, 20 20 plus years of of uh of like winning seasons i actually might have been 19 or something like that this would have been the 20th season but you know it's the it's only the third time and it's only been the third time in this century that uh the patriots have missed the playoffs i mean we missed it in 08 when brady went down with the acl injury and we missed it in brady's rookie season when we went five and 11 i mean what were your thoughts on this year in total (laughs) so another huge thing is that this is their first time since in in 
two decades in 20 years that they finish that they're going to finish with a record that isn't a winning record. Yeah. So that's a huge thing. You know, in the years where they were missing the playoffs during the Brady Belichick era, they were at least they were at least competitive. Yeah. And they yeah. they won games. This year they didn't and they they were bad. Yeah. So yeah. this is this is a team where you look at it and it just it kind of shows how historic that this past run, the past two decades really has been yeah. and how spoiled we've really become that they're just going to mm. miss the playoffs and they're going to be sub 500. We're learning what the, the Buffalo bills and the New York <laughs> Jets, really, how, how they felt. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I mean, there's still more appreciation there. Yeah. I mean, the thing that I feel like is, I feel like the thing that's really kind of killer uh, to us, especially is like, even in those years where they missed the playoffs, it, it really came down to like that final week of the season. I think in 2002 was like the first time they did it. And that was with Brady actually as the quarterback, I think they went nine and seven, but it came down to like, I think they needed to win that last game and then like, and then have a couple things happen. Like that, that wasn't the case. They lost that game. So they lost out on playoff hopes in 2008 when they had Matt castle back there, uh, they needed to, uh, they, I think they needed to win and then like have some things go their way. I think they won in week 17, but you know, they just didn't, but you know, the other, the other teams, like uh, it just didn't work out for them uh, with other teams playing that out. So they missed it in that scenario. Uh, but this is like the, really the first time where it's like, it's over and it's not like week 17. We're, we're like, we're every, we're, but we're in, you know, in week 17, when the dust settles, you can be like, Oh, we didn't make it, but we had a good run. It's like, no, it's over now. And it's just like, and it's just like, ugh, it's just, it's just a, it's just really, it's just awful. Like the right. fact that it. And I've noticed that, um, and I heard this on WEI, and I realized this, that's actually a really good point is that in the most of the disappointing seasons in the past 20 years, it's been like, yeah, it was disappointing, but they'll be back next year. But yeah. do we have that this year? Not really. Yeah. They might not be back for a couple of years with the way this roster is shaking out. Yeah. So this is something where, it's, it could be a few years of a project to actually get back to championship contention. And it may not be sustainable like this. In fact, it won't be sustainable like this ever again. Because, yeah. Like, I mean, 20 years of dominance, that's, that's yeah, not a, something that happens every day, especially yeah, in the a, NFL. Yeah, it's completely unprecedented. I mean – uh, I mean, you know, there's a lot of questions with the Patriots going forward. I mean, their defense actually this year was surprisingly okay. I mean, I guess they're, I guess in terms of points per game, we were, we ranked like seventh overall. So we were actually like a decent defense uh, in that area. Our set, our secondary seems pretty strong. I mean, I know, I know uh, uh, we have, we, we had Gilmore this year. We had JC Jackson. Uh, the addition of Adrian Phillips was really huge. The McCourty twins ended up being good. Uh, and I know next year we'll uh, get Patrick Chung back off the COVID list. So that's a, that's a big ad that, you know, we really didn't need to, we're not even going to need to go into free agency for that kind of an ad. That'll just be there when we come back next year, which is awesome. Uh, but, uh, but uh, th I mean, there are a ton of questions. I mean, you know, uh, do you guys think that, uh, uh, you know, we're facing the bills on Monday night football ne next week. Uh, you know, we have nothing to play for at this point, except basically just a higher draft draft pick. Uh, do you think that do you think Stidham should be the starter? No question. Or do you think that, you know, you just, you should still roll cam out there. What are I don't know. You should go with more of a platoon. Yeah, I feel like Cam, regardless of like his play level of play this year, I feel like he's just very driven and dedicated to that organization. I think he really understands yeah. that they gave him that shot, and he's very grateful. Now, granted, I thought he was going to shake the rust off at some point, 
it doesn't look like that. Maybe it was the injury that set him back, but yeah, maybe he, maybe it was maybe it was the COVID as well. Because I mean, in the yep. Seattle game, he, he was looking solid. I mean, part of me is just frustrated that, like, in that Seattle game, that you know he threw for about 400 yards in that game. He was really letting it. He was really let letting it all air out. And part of me is just like, like, why didn't they ever go back to that at some point in the season? Like, I mean, like I remember in Week One versus Miami when they were doing that. Not when they were like very run heavy, like they were this entire season. And I was like, I was like, okay, but I feel like eventually they're going to get Cam to pass a little more. And I thought that was going to be the case after seeing the Seattle game where, you know, Cam really started to air it out and they had more designed runs for him. And it was more kind of a, it was, it almost seemed a bit more of a, like a Belichick offense with a mobile quarterback in it per se. But then it, but then I like week three against the Raiders, it completely reverted back to that Miami week one. And that's just how it stayed the rest of the season. And part of me is just like, what did, what kind of happened with Belichick and the rest of those guys and McDaniels even that kind of just made them say like, like even after the success he had, like I'm wondering like why they had to go back. Yeah, it's, it's tough. I, cause I was watching that Seattle game. I actually watched the first Pats game of the season because I, uh, I didn't have access to the Vikes game and I was looking, I was like, you know, there there's flashes of potential here. Like this could really work. And it just never really, saw like them being able to string together like a lot of good plays but yeah. i don't know we'll we'll just have to see i i don't think stidham is going to be the starter maybe he'll get some reps to you know get him more adjusted to be a solid backup and a solid hey it's time you got to step up cams out but i don't know yeah. in my opinion i feel like i feel like stidham i feel like it's i mean personally i feel like if you're the Patriots, there's no reason that Stidham shouldn't be the starter on Monday Night Football. I mean, you know, I, I mean, I, I understand that Cam seems really loyal to the Pats right now. He seems like he seems like he's really trying to, you know, prove to Belichick that he wants to be here, that he wants to be that guy. And I mean, I'm, I'm all 100% respect a guy who respect a guy who loves the who loves the grind of the Patriots. It's a very tough thing for people to for people to appreciate. And the fact that a guy like Cam Newton is able to come in and, and say, I, I, I respect what's going on here and I want to be a part of the future. I mean, that's admirable, but I mean, at, at this point in the season, I feel like you at least kind of just got to see what you have and what you have in the youth. At least I feel like you got to at least just give it a test. And if it, if it blows up and it fails, then it blows up and it fails and you just and you just move on from there. For sure. For sure. That, I mean, there's going to be a, there's also some huge questions at quarterback. I mean, you, do you think the Patriots try to draft a guy this year in, in, and do something or do you think that or do you think they have to you know or do you think maybe go after someone in free agency they should try and find something in free agency for sort of the short term in this in these sort of reloading years so yeah, that yeah. they could they the players that they draft or bring in who are actual pieces they want for the future mm-hmm. say like if they draft like some pass catchers they're going to need somebody to, to throw for them to, for, to throw the ball to so yeah. that they can develop properly for that when they can, they actually find their guy. But um, I think this isn't the type of situation you draft a quarterback into. You might be yeah, setting yeah. him up for failure at this point. What about yeah. this? You think they make a run at Dak next year if he's uh, healthy and back at it? I mean, if the price is right, I, I'd love to see it. And I think that I feel like if you get Dak in the right system and you get him back healthy, he, I feel like he'll be able to, you know, come back and, and maybe not be as mobile as he was, but I mean, you know, he, 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 he didn't necessarily need to rely as much on his legs as Cam Newton did, even in his prime when Cam Newton was, you know, like really on top of the world. He didn't, he didn't need to rely on his legs as much. So I feel like that could be successful. Uh, you know, I've also been hearing 
there's also been some rumors rumbling. I mean, I saw uh, Tommy Curran was on was on Pat McAfee's show and he was talking uh, about that. And, and, you know, they basically said, like, is there a possibility that there could be a Jimmy G reunion in New England? And, and he said, absolutely, that that could that could be a, that could work. Do you guys think that do you guys, do you guys think that's likely or do, you, or do you think that or do you think that the Patriots should try to, you know, move outside of the whole Jimmy G thing, especially since and try to, you know, maybe start a new chapter? I mean, I don't know. I feel like I feel like Jimmy G doesn't really have that strong of a passion for the game anymore. I mean, yeah. he's really been inconsistent in San Fran. Now, granted, injuries, you know, nothing you can do. It happens. But I don't know. He just he seems more interested in things off the field than he does on. But that's just my opinion. Yeah. Once uh, Jimmy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Literally. I mean, I mean, Carter, what are your thoughts on on the whole uh, Jimmy G situation? Would you would uh, you want to see him back in New England? I know I just disappeared there for a sec. I needed to inhale like half a sandwich quick. Um, <laughs> nice. Jimmy G in New England. Yeah. Would Am you I like a fan of it? it? Yeah. Uh, honestly, I don't want to see it. No. Yeah. I think he's just past what he was during his time in New England. Yeah. Is I, there, I don't is, think. What? Uh, you know, you're good. Keep going. I, I don't think what he's doing in San Francisco, especially after like how this season is so drastically different from last season, is enough to sway me to want him back. Yeah, true. I mean, is there any quarterback that you would that you kind of that you'd love the Patriots to pursue in uh, in this offseason? Anyone in particular? Or? Not really. I mean, I'm kind of just fine rolling with Cam until we can draft a guy or yeah. I mean, Cam's not bad. It's clear that he still has a lot to learn with the offense. Yeah. So I mean, I feel like if I feel like if the Patriots do do decide to keep Cam, which frankly I don't think is going to be likely. I really don't see that happening, but maybe I'm wrong. I feel like if they if they keep him uh I don't know if it's his shoulder that kept him from passing as much as he did, but he's got to get right. I'd uh, say I mean, like if I if I were Belichick, I'd roll with Cam until he gets to a point in his career where there's like a young star in the draft that you want to take take him and have him play backup to Cam for a little bit. Wow. Oh, so you're kind of in it with Cam for a little bit of a long haul. Not not really a long haul, but I'm talking like I could see Cam in New England for maybe five, six years. Really? Yep. Well, it's hmm. it's probably not gonna happen, but yeah, that's what I want. <laughs> I mean, if if I mean if we're seeing Cam in New England, I feel like the numbers have to go up from five touchdown passes through however many games through how however yeah, however many weeks this is at this point. I they mean will. He, I mean he he's I think he's only thrown like what, like one or two touchdowns to a wide receiver. I mean, I th- I feel like if if they're gonna do it, McDaniel's or whoever is the offensive coordinator needs to kind of get in Cam's head and, and basically say like, hey, we're actually gonna start passing the ball a little more. No, you're right. That's that's the only way that offense is gonna be as productive, if not more productive, as it used to be. Yeah. Now, can I just say something to Pat's fans everywhere, real quick? Go for it. Welcome to the real world. <laughs> how does it feel to suck for a season? Hey Tyler, how does it feel to suck for eternity? Yeah, yeah. I'm, misery loves company, so welcome to the bottom of the barrel. I mean, I mean yep. Minnesota is just a sad state in general. I Minnesota mean, is the epitome of mediocrity. They get our hopes Minnesota, up every year, and they just crush us every year. But there's one thing they can always guarantee: a big win over the Saints. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you, not you can on also, Monday night. Though. You can also guarantee. You can also guarantee that an average quarterback is going to be paid. Monday. Is going to be paid like a king. That's another yeah. thing. Hey, I didn't sign him to that contract. All right, 
don't come at me. I'm not coming at you. I'm just I'm just saying you're a fan. <laughs> hey, uh, but, hey, you know, I'm I'm starting to get on the Kirk Cousins train. He's been really? kind of balling lately. And you look at some of the stats, he's one of I think it's like him, Brady, Wilson, and I forget who else, but uh I think those group of guys are in the past six seasons, are the only guys in the past six seasons to throw I think it was over twenty five touchdowns and like under ten picks. So All right, man. whenever you whenever you say like whenever you like, you know, get your hopes up for Cam Newton, he's always just gonna let you down. I mean, not for Cam Newton, for, well, yeah, for Cam Newton, uh, at least this year. But whenever you get your hopes up for Kirk Cousins, man, he's always going to end up letting you I'm, down. I'm expecting mediocrity. I'm expecting 8-8 eight and eight this season, you know? You like that? It almost sounds you like know? you want it. I, I don't it want it, like but you want the mediocrity. I, I can't fight it. What can I do? I can't go out there and rush for 1,000 yards. Just call him up, say, guys, Kirk Cousins, not working for you. Draft the guy. Draft the guy. We'll see what they do, but for now, yeah. we'll just have to t- settle for eight and eight. Yeah, I mean, with everything that's happened, uh, you know, at least in New England wise, uh, you know, we we were talking about that earlier. Uh, you know, there there are kind of some reports of like, you know, like you know, is there going to be kind of maybe a, a coaching staff shakeup? And one of the things that I feel like could be really interesting is that you know there has been there kind of has been a little bit of a feud building between Tom Brady and Bruce Arians down in Tampa. It's kind of seemed to simmer down a little bit, and like they seemed to maybe that bye week was a, they were able to kind of get some things together. But you know, at least what I, from what I've been seeing, like I, if if you know maybe they have a bad playoff run or they get knocked out early by you know if the Giants get hot and Danny Dimes just absolutely just you know somehow it doesn't throw a pick and you know or if the or if they just don't reach or if they just don't get to the heights that they don't that they think they can get to you know uh you know could brady possibly force the hand of maybe getting josh mcdaniels down to tampa so the big question is like if all of this all of these rumblings are actually true because there's also tom brady and bruce arians who are both going out on a limb to say like yeah look this isn't true like we're good but yeah. if it is or if it does wind up happening this could be an easy thing where it's like he's tom brady like he's like lebron like he can just get a coach fired if he wants him gone yeah I, it's, they, that's they just literally like the him with like his guy so yeah. if it's true like expect him to be out of there yeah. but if it's not like it's there's a it, this could easily be all just like fan fans, fans like just fans creating this whole thing. I hope that's the case. And I mean, cause I mean, you know, I know, I know there are some Patriots fans who kind of, who kind of think that McDaniels, you know, doesn't do the greatest job, but you know, I mean, for the success that the Patriots have had, I'm not, tr- I'm not ready. I'm not, ju- I'm not ready just yet to roll the dice on a new guy and, and say, Oh yeah, let's, Oh yeah. Let's like bring in some, just let's bring in some schmuck and like see, and just throw it against the wall and see what happens. I'm lo- I mean, Barring barring what happened this season, I'm liking what the Patriots, you know, have coaching wise. So I so I'm hoping that they can hold on to McDaniel's and you know maybe he takes the reins from Belichick. I don't know if ne- if that's necessarily what what will happen, but I'm hoping they can at least hold on to McDaniel's. I don't want that to necessarily be the story that happens. Yeah, the the, the Patriots fan side of me wants that. The Brady fan side of me says this could really help them, but I mean be- between the two, I, I'm. Patriots till till the day I die. So I'm gonna say, yeah, I'm gonna agree with you on that. Yeah, uh, and then so you know, kind of stay in the AFC East. Uh, you know, at least you know, talking McDaniel's wise. Uh, you know, the the New York Jets uh, had a complete just uh, just completely just fumbled the bag on the number one pick in the NFL draft. Oh. I mean, 
literally, literally, it's the most Jets thing ever to win when you should have lost. I mean, you know, you you've you've been playing like you've played you played absolutely awful all year long. You know, uh, you know the thing the thing that epitomized it most of of that of the tanking for of the tanking all year long was literally when you had a cover zero blitz uh, on the last play of the game against the Raiders. And Derek Carr was able to throw it up to, I think it was Henry Ruggs, like it was out, like it was nothing. And, you know, I don't know. Like, what were you guys' thoughts on the fact that the Jets just completely screwed themselves out of the number one pick? Well, I, I wouldn't even necessarily look at it that way. I, if you're a player and you're on the field, you're not, you're not thinking the same thoughts as the front office. I mean, oh, if yeah. you're a player, you're thinking win the game because that's your job, right? So yeah. I, I wouldn't say that the Jets, quote unquote, <laughs> Were the reason why they're not going to get Trevor Lawrence in the draft, or potentially won't. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, and for a lot of those players, there's a ton of them that are probably like, eh, we might not even be here anyways next year, regardless of who's on, regardless of, you know, regardless of what pick we have. So let's let's throw it all out there and try to get a good contract elsewhere. And I think it also speaks to um, just looking at the amount of talent on this team or the lack thereof on this team. Uh, and the fact that they've just won a game, really how hard it is to actually go 0-16. The fact yeah. that you think like you've, we've seen a lot of garbage over the past few, over the past decade alone. And very few of those teams have actually gone 0-16. And just to, like just looking at it, it really just speaks to how difficult it really is to be that bad. Even the suck for Lockyer, they still won a couple games towards yeah. the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, I mean, even, yeah, I mean, even the Miami Dolphins. I mean, I remember when Lamar faced off against them in, in Week One last year, and people thought and people thought that they were literally going to be like one of the worst teams in history because they had Lamar, and then they had the Patriots, and they literally were getting outscored. Like they literally let up like a hundred points in two weeks or something like that, and it was just an absolute. It just looked like it just looked like Brian Flores and that group were you know gonna we're just gonna completely like fall apart. But he was able, but he even he was able to turn that team around towards the end of the season, and you know at least kind of make it look respectable for the way that for the way that their team you know looked in the beginning of the year. So, I'm, I mean, I'm yeah. a big fan of Brian Flores. He really shifted the culture from what Adam Gase did, destroying it down in Miami. Um, and I mean, you look what he's done. He's not afraid to put you know you saw him put Fitzpatrick in over Tua. A lot of people were yeah. against it, and he was like, "Hey, man." I gave us the best shot to win, and he did. So I'm I'm loving Flores down in uh, Miami. Big fan of him. And the Dolphins are still in the playoff hunt. Yeah. Go Fins. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, uh, so, uh, you know, how, how do you guys think that Trevor Lawrence is going to just adjust to the NFL in general? Like, do you think that he is going to adjust as well as people are saying he is, or do you think that there, do you think there will be some hiccups that we're not really seeing? I mean, if Adam Gase is still at the helm, it's yeah. there's going to be some issues. But if they get a new coach in there, I think I mean it, it I should mean, be. I mean, if if the season ended today, he's going to the Jaguars. Yeah, no, it, even either way, I mean, bad culture. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It also it just a... depends what team, like the roster that surrounds him, whoever winds up drafting him. You know. Yeah. The New York Jets and the Jacksonville Jaguars, they don't have the best rosters around him. If they if he gets drafted into, into a situation like that, they could be setting him up for failure. Yeah. Because, you know, you look at teams that over the past who had nothing on their roster but still drafted a quarterback 
or very little on their roster and still drafted a quarterback and they turned out it turns out it didn't work out even joe burrow who has showed promise they he what had the crap kicked out of him until he got had a torn acl that that was something that that was something that you know real that adam i i'm actually glad you brought up Joe, joe burrow that really aggravated me. I mean, we had Carter, we had talked about it on this show and we, we had said that Burroughs O line was so terrible. He's not going to make it through the season. Like yeah. It, yeah. it was just a given. And like the fact that, the, I mean, I was watching the playback and literally like the only good player blocking on that injury was one of the running backs. Like, yeah. I'm, like the fact that it, the fact we that knew it was going to happen. It yeah, was just it was bound a, to happen. That O line is atrocious. Yeah, I mean, literally, literally, the O lineman blocked the defensive guy into Joe Burrow's knee. I'm just like, like, I mean, obviously, I don't know what it's like to be down there in the trenches. That's like, that's that's a war in a in it of itself. So I'm not going to pretend to be. I'm not going to pretend just go out there and say like that. Say being say being an o, an O lineman is easy. I know it is far from easy. But I mean, the fact that like the fact that they couldn't even just do. The fact that you know Burrow couldn't really get a clean pocket pretty much his entire season just was indicative of how terrible that Cincy team was kind of really just was. So yeah, so that's just proves my point. If you draft a if you teams that draft a quarterback with no roster, good roster to inherit, you're gonna you could you could easily ruin the quarterback. You know yeah. the the right um, say recipe, if you will, to follow would be sort of what the chiefs did with Mahomes, or say the the texans did with deshaun watson where they still had a roster around him and then the quarterback was one of the final pieces and when you just draft the quarterback to start their rebuild then you're just going to ruin the quarterback yeah i mean i mean it's just it was that i mean when you brought that up that really just struck a chord with me because i remember seeing burrow go down and I, then, and I hadn't seen the play at first, but then when I saw it happen, I was just really, I was just so pissed off at the fact that, you know, it was that it was just Burroughs O-line just completely, just, just completely just, you know, betraying him. And the fact that that, the fact that it happened the way it did, I mean, obviously no one, on the, no one on the Bengals wanted that to happen, but you know, it was just bound to happen with the way that they were playing. You know, that lack of experience just killed them. Yeah, and I mean, you look at Trevor Lawrence's situation now, like he's used to having a good roster around him. Clemson's a huge school. They're always in contention, and he's getting a lot of good talent in and out every year. So you go down to Jacksonville or up to uh, the Jets, I don't know. Yeah. We'll, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, I mean, if if it comes down to the I – mean, I, I mean, obviously the Jaguars aren't like – aren't the greatest suitor in the world. But I mean, in my opinion, the jets have just been an absolute dumpster fire of a, of, of a franchise so far this year. I mean, and you know, it's just led up to this awful run that they've been on, you know, you know, it seems that they're going to completely have to overhaul everything about them. They're going to have to get a new coach, new GM. It really looks like, like they're going to have to blow it all up again. I mean, if you're Trevor Lawrence in it and the jets end up, you know, managed managing to get back into the race for the number one pick, do you sit out? Like, do you not, do you, do you just stay another year at Clemson? I'd go back if I was him. Yeah. I'd I'd go back, have one more season of just uh, stacking your accomplishments, get another Heisman, maybe get another yeah. national championship, and yeah, yeah, I mean, I'd I'd hold off. Yeah, I mean, because it's like you're not gonna lower your draft stock. Yeah. I mean, now granted, I mean, the only argument could be made that injury is possible, but true. Yeah, I, mean, I think a- that's a risk he has to take. 
I mean, but Tua was a Tua was able to come out with an injury. Exactly. And, you yeah. know, and he's still he's still with the second overall pick. I mean, you know, if I mean, I feel like Dable Swinney would it would do the best he could to keep would uh, do the best he could to keep Trevor Lawrence, you know, very safe in that pocket and do the best he could. And you know, it I feel I feel like it also could you know really really depend on you know uh, how does the college championship like how does the national championship game go. Uh, if Trevor Lawrence manages to get in there and win the whole thing, then I think that, then I think he's probably going to say, all right, I'm going to go out on top and do it. But maybe if he gets bounced early or, you know, end, ends up losing the big game, maybe he decides, maybe he decides, all right, I want to re up and I want to, I want to, I want to go back. I want to finish on top. I want to, I want to win it as a freshman and as a senior. And that's how I want my career at Clemson to be defined. Maybe that's yeah, how he Tyler, wants it. To further support your point of if he, there's the risk of him, if he doesn't go, it, for the draft, he could get hurt. If he go goes for the draft and gets hurt, can you almost make a, a case that if he goes to New York or yeah. Jacksonville, that there's a better chance of him getting hurt playing behind those rosters? Yeah, like I think, honestly, he has a better chance of getting hurt in Jacksonville than he does at Clemson, personally. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, obviously, ne- neither are great options. If it's the Jaguars, I'd, I'd consider possibly coming out because I feel like I don't know. I feel like, you know, it's also a smaller market, so I feel like you might have a better shot of maybe getting out early. I mean, I don't know if that makes the most sense necessarily, but you know, maybe maybe that could work for maybe that could work on his end. But at least I, but at least I'd say like if it's the Jets, I feel like you got to go back. Yeah, I if 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 I, if I saw the New York Jets label at number one, and I'm the surefire pick, I feel like I have to you know I really have to consider you know coming out at that point. Yeah. yeah. If, uh, I, if I'm Trevor Lawrence, that's the only circumstance I go back to Clemson, though, is if the Jets have the number one overall pick. Yeah. I think you can uh, jack with the Jaguars. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, you know, also in NFL news, we have seen the, we've seen uh, just the complete, you know, I don't know if it's to say downfall, but really just kind of, you know, just absolute crapshoot that's been going on with the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, you know, uh, it kind of all led to a head where, you know, Carson Wentz had, you know, been having an, another up and down season with the Eagles, more downs and ups, frankly, uh, you know, and it eventually did lead to him getting benched uh, for Jalen Hurts. And so far, Hurts has just been unbelievable. Hurts is I a mean, stud. He's looking dude, great. Dude, he is nasty. I mean, I'm so pissed at this point that, that, that you know, the Patriots had a good shot at drafting him and we just let it slip, dude. He looks like I mean, a Lamar Jackson, except like better at throwing. Yeah, he looks agree. In my opinion, in my opinion, he, he kind of reminds me of just like a, of like a more physical Kyler. Like that's how he remi- that's what he reminds me of, kind of in a way. Like he's like he's Kyler, but he's like got more meat on his bones and could probably absorb some hits better. Now, did you could guys see the Russell Wilson? Yeah, a little bit. True. Yeah. Did you guys see the play where he fumbled the ball, picked it up, and then threw it for a first down? Dude, that was that was that crazy. was insane. <laughs> that was, that was nuts, dude. I was I was like I was like, bro. <laughs> So far, that's you know, really the only knock against him is he's a little fumble prone. But I mean, after a couple big hits, you know, he'll, he'll I mean, learn how to hold onto the ball a little harder. And yeah, and he is a rookie. And I mean, you know, obviously rookies are going to make mistakes. And you know, I mean, after seeing after seeing some of the mistakes that Carson Wentz has had, I mean, it's I feel like the Eagles are probably just like, I mean, somehow I feel like they're they are still in playoff hopes. I think. Yeah, they're still I, in I contention. Yeah, I think they're like what four nine and one or something like that. Yeah, sounds like about they, right. They they still have a shot at. The I mean, off. them Washington and uh, New York all still have a shot. Yeah, that's insane in my mind. That I mean, you know, the fact that the fact that a team can get in with 
uh, almost 10 losses into the playoffs is just remarkable. I mean, I mean, th- they're doing significantly worse. I, actually, maybe not significantly worse, but you know, the Patriots are already out of it, but they still have a shot to possibly contend for a Super Bowl. Which, honestly, as good as they're playing, I think Washington at the moment is just playing way better. I, I don't yeah. think they're going to surpass Washington for that four seed. So, yeah. But we'll I mean, see. do you guys, I mean, what do you guys think about, I mean, speaking of Washington, do you guys think that, uh, have, you, have you guys heard about that whole like Dwayne Haskins situation? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about strip clubs earlier on the show with James Harden, and it kind of, it really kind of just loops back to uh, Dwayne Haskins. And it, I, I mean, I guess, I guess, I guess they ended up uh, taking the C off his chest and like they removed his, removed his captain's priorities and stuff like that as that was one of his punishments yeah that was so stupid for for kyler or Dwayne. Dwayne haskins to do especially for him i mean it's stupid for james harden but at least james harden's built up like his name like yeah. if he if he screws up at least he's james harden so he has that going for him and he's yeah, a true star. Dwayne Haskins is still trying to prove himself in the NFL. Yeah. And, so it's like and you he, do this and you're really screwing yourself hard. And I mean, and he honestly, he literally ended up, uh, I mean, he ended up losing the job to Alex Smith when he came back off yeah. injury. And I mean, th- that, that was an awesome story for Alex Smith to even be able to even be able to take another snap in the NFL again. But Alex Smith goes down and, and Ron Averis turns to Dwayne Haskins and says, Hey, you ready to get your second shot? And, you know, he came out against Seattle and he he, he had an up and down game. He threw, he uh, he ended up uh, helping Logan Thomas have a really solid game for them, but you know he ended up. But I mean, just in general, like uh, literally hours after his uh, presser, with the, his presser kind of like talking about like how he needs to improve and stuff, he's over right there at the strip club without a mask on, and it's just like, dude, like, do you want to like have another shot? Yeah, he's currently being outplayed by Alex Smith on basically one and a half legs. Like, uh, I I put it down to one leg at this point because because of the spiking he took in. And his that was one. that was tough to watch. Yeah, dude, I'm I'm glad at least I'm glad at le- I'm glad it at least wasn't in his surgically repaired one because mm-hmm. that would have that would have been awful, yeah. dude. Alex Smith uh, is a trooper, like that is the, without that question. Honestly, that's honestly story of the year. Yeah, the fact Com- that comeback player of the year, come without a doubt. And I mean, Washington and fact- football team comeback franchise of the year. I mean, you got Ron Rivera battling cancer. You got the team just battling all this controversy and building themselves up to now possibly making the four seed in the uh, yeah. NFC. And it's been yeah. fun to watch. Yeah, that's absolutely nuts. I mean, uh, what do you guys think about, I mean, I mean, it's kind of funny that, that the one year uh, Washington is officially no longer referred to that. They no longer officially have a nickname. Now they're actually contending. And I'm just like, I mean, obviously they're doing it in, in the, in the worst division football right now, the NFC East, but the fact that they're doing it at all is absolutely hilarious in my mind, uh, especially since they don't have a nickname. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, uh, another big story that we didn't initially have in the show map, but wanted to, but I was remi- reminded to talk about this by my brother. Uh, uh, you, you guys have kind of hold, heard like the whole Juju Smith, like TikTok controversy, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so that's been that's been like a whole big thing. I mean, I mean, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster, wide receiver one for the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, he's been making TikToks on the logos of opposing teams, uh, and you know, un- unfortunately for him, uh, for the past three games where he's done it, he's ended up he's ended up uh, his team has ended up losing. And for the past three weeks, he's played in- incredibly poorly. 
So, I mean, I mean, it's just, he's looked really foolish with the way he's done it. And I guess he came out today and said that he's no longer going to do it, which I found to be really interesting, especially, especially with the way that, you know, everything has kind of gone this season. Yeah. And it came out that there was a players only meeting called by big Ben earlier. And um, one of the knocks against the Steelers was they don't really have like a leadership. They, they have like older players and then they have younger players and, um, you know, there the meeting came out, and I hope that Big Ben made it a point to be like, "Hey, man, you, you can't do this." Because if I was on the opposing team, um, and I saw that happening, it'd be tough for me to not run out there and level him on that logo mid TikTok. Yeah, I mean, I mean, a lot of people were comparing it to if you guys seen the clip of when Terrell Owens, you know, scored the touchdowns, scored touchdowns in Dallas, and ran out to the star and like held his arms up in the middle of the field. You, have you guys ever seen that clip? But T.O. is T.O. Juju Smith-Schuster yeah, is well, a yeah. B wide receiver. Exactly. And and that was the, that was kind of that was part of the thing I was trying to make about that comparison. And the other thing about the comparison is that T.O. was doing it after scoring touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Like he he was doing stuff. I mean, obviously is it kind of is it kind of a jackass move to do? Yes. But I mean, he was doing it after scoring touchdowns and it was just like, "Hey, I'm better than you." And but but uh, Juju's going out there and is doing it before the games and he's not even backing it up. And I feel like big Ben was probably in the right to get out, to get in there and just be like, listen, if you're not going to actually like perform on the field, can you actually just stop making a fool of yourself? I mean, I mean, you know, he, I, I think that was, I think that was the right call for big Ben to reel the, to reel him in. I think that, I mean, I feel like that ended up being the right call. I mean, you know, I mean, it's crazy. Uh, I've seen a thing that people were talking about, and they were saying that Juju Smith-Schuster has gone from one of the most lovable players in football to the one to one of the most hated in one year, thanks to thanks to a singular app. And I'm just it's I'm true. just like I'm just like, bro, that can't be even more true. I mean, I was watching Pat McAfee's show, and he and he was comparing him to Brad Marchand of the, of of the Bruins, saying, saying saying like, listen, the hometown guys are gonna love him, but the but players on the other team are just gonna absolutely think are gonna absolutely just hate him yeah and i I don't think he even holds that hometown love anymore i think a lot of fans are pissed off they're like come on man you're inciting the other team to go out and just just absolutely lay into you i mean and josh allen put it perfectly after the game he said i don't do none of that i let the i let my playing do the talking for me and that's how it should be yeah, I mean, you know, one of the things Mike Tomlin is praised for in Pittsburgh is the fact that he's able to kind of give his players a long leash and, you know, kind of and let and let the personalities flow. It's kind of similar to what Pete Carroll does in Seattle, uh, where we're like, you know, it's that in, where it's like all those personalities coming together and and you're able to win in spite of those things and really kind of just go out there and outplay all that stuff, uh, you know, and, you know. You know, he has had to reel it back in at times. You know, one of those incidents included when Antonio Brown was filming in the locker room after a big win and, and Tomlin was trying to – and Tomlin was talking game plan against the Patriots. Uh, that Obviously, uh, obviously, uh, A.B. was uh, – you know, uh, he had to be kind of like lectured on that whole issue and disciplined in that, in that area. Uh, and I'm kind of wondering what he's going to do in this whole Juju Smith-Schuster uh, – Juju, in this whole Juju uh, situation. But, you know, I mean, if – I mean, if uh, maybe if him stopping doing this stuff and leads to the Steelers, you know, winning out these last couple games, you know, I feel like I feel like the team might be able to rally and maybe put together a solid playoff run. But they have not been playing well these past couple of weeks. No, not at all. And I think Cleveland yeah. has a really good chance to surpass them for uh, best in that division. So yeah. So uh, I don't know if I don't know if they I don't know if they'll be able to catch up. 
I mean, maybe they can. I mean, I feel unfortunately, I feel like the Steelers just built up such an incredible, you know, early run by going 11 and 0. So I, I think that's going to be tough for the for the Browns to catch to catch up. I think they do have 10 wins. So I mean, you know, it's 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 possible, and I think they are facing each other soon. Uh, but you know, I feel like, but maybe if the seal, but if the Steelers can, you know, get it get it back in check, I, I think that they, I feel like they can. I feel like they just take it uh, to the house uh, at this point. Not also. Not, not uh, Shout out Vikings, wise, yeah. former Vikings uh, offensive coordinator Ste- Kevin Stefanski for uh, absolutely turning around the Browns. Uh, you love T- this, Tyler. Tyler, don't Tyler, don't don't hop on the Stefanski bandwagon now. You, you I, were talking. I was loving Stefanski. Tyler, I was talking with you, and I was talking with you, and you said when he went to when he went to Cleveland, he he you were basically saying like how it wasn't going to fix anything and like how it wasn't going to be the solution, and I'm just like, what? He fixed it. He he did his job. Bro, you were I'm not proud. on you you were not on that bandwagon early on. You know, I don't have to be on it early on. I can just say I'm proud of him. Good work. Oh god. Okay. You can okay. see it in his play stop in the whole style the the Browns offense is run. They're they're more they've kind of switched to more almost a run first offense this this season. And it's kind of it's taken a lot of pressure off Baker and it's kind of given a lot of a lot of opportunities to players like Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, and they're really helping them win games. So yeah. he he does get a lot of credit for this season. Yeah, both of which uh, have been studs on my fantasy team, by the way. So yeah. go Browns. Yeah, yeah maybe so, not Kareem. Yeah, not <laughs> as much. Yeah. Uh, so then, uh, finally, in in uh, NFL news, I wanted to talk uh, MVP picks. You know, I mean, it's kind of it's been a pretty wild race this year. I mean, you know. Pat Mahomes is, was able to have a pretty good, uh, you know, third year in the league. I mean, he's doing at least as a starter, I believe it's his fourth year total. Uh, but you know, he's doing, but he was, but he's tearing it up again. Uh, but he had a kind of a, kind of a faltering game against the dolphins, which has kind of put him, you know, a little below at this point. And Aaron Rodgers, you know, completely has just, uh, you know, you know, he kind of really defied all odds. I think at this point, you know, Packers drafted Jordan love in this draft and, Part of me feel part of me feels like that was enough of a kick in the pants for Rodgers to really kind of just say to really just say, all right, you want to see me at my best? I'll show you what I can do. I mean, at this point, who do you guys think is probably the MVP in your mind? Do you think it's Rodgers or Mahomes, or do you think that you know someone else might be kind of in the running at this point? So barring anything significant happening between those two, Rodgers and Mahomes, it's it has to be Rodgers at this point. You know, yeah. Uh, he. Rodgers, he has 40 touchdowns on the season. He could easily get to get somewhere near 50. Yeah. Uh, it, and, you know, Mahomes, I thought, it, I thought it was Mahomes, to be honest, earlier on in this year. Then he threw three picks against Miami. And I thought, yeah, like, yeah he's having a great year, but it's not nearly as good as Rodgers is. I mean, I hate to say it, being a, being a Brady fan, and I'm going to take yeah. that with me to my grave. But he's having a career year. He's making other players better. He's helped Devontae Adams have a career season. Robert Tunyon, who I'd never even heard of before, yeah, having a great year. You know, it's a great year for the Packers, and it all starts with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, 100%. I mean, Rodgers has been absolutely just shredding out there. And, I mean, the fact that – I mean, the fact that, you know, you know, a lot of people were kind of doubting, like, where the Packers were going direction-wise, you know, after the drafting of Love, a lot of people thought, oh, well, they – a lot of people had thought, you know, oh, we got a good shot. Like people thought that the Packers were gonna have a good shot at, uh, you know, you know, getting back to that NFC Championship game. But after the draft, they thought, 
oh, is, are things going to start to fall apart? And it's been quite the opposite. They've come out stronger than ever. So I'd probably give it to Rodgers too, too at this point. This will be like, what, his third MVP if he wins it? Uh, I believe I'm not so. Not right? sure. Yeah, I'll you look that up. I'll look that up. Tyler, Tyler, while I'm looking it up, look, uh, let me know what you're kind of thinking. On yeah, it, it pains me to say this, but I'm going to have to agree with both you guys. It's Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he has just been balling this season. And like you said, Adam, he's making everyone better around him. I mean, Robert Tanya, where did he come from? Ah, who knows? But um, yeah, he's he's been balling this season. He's already at 40 touchdowns with, I think, two more weeks to play. And um, he's got he's got the Titans next week, so I have a feeling they could potentially he could get two to three there, and then I think the last game of the season is probably some uh, not great NFC North competitor. So yeah, he has a chance maybe to get forty five, maybe break fifty. We'll see. Yeah, I'll be the last uh, to agree with you on that. Yeah. So it's an it's all around consensus pick for Rodgers, you guys think? Yeah. Yeah, I was just looking it up. He does have uh, I, literally just a quick Google of Aaron Rodgers MVPs, and it just says, yeah, so he only has two in his career so far. This would be his third. I think that ties him with Brady. Uh, so, you know, and they're saying that, you know, this year he's performing better than either of those two seasons, and, and they're saying that that's, that's saying something, especially since his 2011 season is considered one of the greatest quarterback seasons ever. So a lot of people are saying that he's officially the officially the front runner at this point. And he's I just think due for another one. Yeah. I feel like yeah. And I yeah. think with Mahomes, he has so many shots later on to win more and more. I think oh, yeah. this is probably this is probably the peak of Aaron Rodgers we're going to see here. Yeah. This is yeah, I feel like I feel like he probably I feel like this might be the top of the mountain for Aaron Rodgers and I feel like at this point it starts to kind of go down a little. Yeah. Or it stays the same. Maybe. He's only thirty-seven. Yeah, true. I mean, this is this this is around the age that Brady really started started to turn it on again. I mean, Brady obviously throughout his career has been you know absolutely absolutely ridiculous. But and after his ACL tear, he had to kind of like he did. It did take him a couple of years to kind of like regain his footing again. I mean, you know, very soon after he he back he was back on top as the MVP, I believe, in two thousand ten, uh, and then he won it again at forty. So. Uh, I think that so I do think that the Patriots, uh, I'm not the Patriots. I do think that uh, just Rodgers has a good shot at you know you know uh, you know getting the MVP this year. And frankly, I think if Mahomes Mahomes stays at the level of competitiveness that he's at, I think he has a shot to possibly break Peyton Manning's record for MVPs, which is five. I think I mean, it's very doable for him. Yeah, I mean the way the way he's already been playing playing you know this this well in his career so far, I think it's more than possible. I think that. You know, give it to Rogers this year. Give it to the give it to you know the guy who's ha- the guy who's been there before. You know, you know he is having the better season, but give it to him. Uh, but I think Mahomes is going to come out and have plenty more you know successful campaigns where he's going to be able to you know rack up those awards. See, I want to agree on Mahomes getting a lot of MVPs, and he yeah. certainly has the talent to. But I do want to see what it's like when he's when he doesn't he's not surrounded with more weapons than ISIS. Yeah, <laughs> he has he has so many weapons that he just inherited. I just yeah. think that like any put any quarterback in that system and they could play well. Well, not any. Yeah. Alex Smith played well in it, but when you look at um, his play style, it reminds me a lot of Brett Favre's 
And I wonder if once the some of these weapons start to leave, once all of the once they all they have to pay them all and they won't have they won't be able to. Yeah. Um he could the interceptions could rack up. His play may not be quite as good. He's certainly great. Yeah. I'm just wondering if this all-time great uh, stretch that he's had over the past few years is sustainable. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, they gave Mahomes a lot of money. That's a big cap hit, and they're going to have to pay a lot of dudes. And, I mean, just the level of talent. I How Clyde Edwards-Hilaire fell to them at, what was it, 30 overall? I, I was kind of 32nd. Yeah, I was just amazed by that. It, and he yeah. just turned out to be a stud, you know, so – yeah, that's been absolutely phenomenal the way he's been playing. Uh, but, you know, that kind of finishes up everything we have uh, NFL-wise. Adam, I wanted to thank you so much for coming on the show to talk NFL. Uh, you know, it's, you know, you know, it's awesome being able to – it's all, it's always great having a, another, you know, brain to pick uh, with these with these situations. Uh, you well, know, for, for having me. Yeah, for anyone who ended up joining a little later, uh, Adam has a podcast of his own, and he's got an episode releasing it possibly. It might be out now or, or at least later tonight. Uh, it, it is titled, it is uh, the Fumble Rooski podcast, and you can find him on Instagram at Fumble Rooski underscore podcast and on YouTube with and on YouTube with that same name. Uh, Adam, thanks again for coming on the show, and we'll talk to you next time. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks, See Adam. Later. See you. Take care, Adam. Yeah, so uh, that's that's actually probably going to end up leading us to transition over quickly into baseball. Baseball is pretty, baseball is actually a pretty short uh, topic. I only got about three things over over in that area. Uh, and I just wanted to – and one of the big things that this year is, you know, it looks like the MLB season is going to be delayed again, unfortunately, possibly till May, uh, which really – which is really unfortunate. But, you know, one of the big uh, changes that is going to be going kind of reverting back to changes pre-COVID pre, pre, uh, pre season is that the National League is no longer going to have the DH, which for the longest time has been the precedent. Uh, a lot of people liked the universal DH and thought, you know, that was going to be the future of baseball. But at least of this year, pitchers will be batting again in the National League. I want to kind of get your guys' idea on, on it. Do you guys think that the universal DH should be a, should be a thing in baseball, or do you think that, or do you think that it's cool? Uh, personally, I think it's cool that that there is a difference between the two leagues. I mean, you know, way back when the American League and the National League were literally just two separate leagues where, you know, the umpires are different. The equipment was a little different. There were like different like requirements for the bats and, and the baseballs and stuff like that. Like everything was everything was different between the American League and the National League. Now that it's all together, you know, the really the real only difference between the two now, uh, it, the, the only real difference between the American and National League now is the is the fact that in the NL the pitchers bat and in the AL there's a DH. Um, do you guys think it's do you guys think it's time? Yeah, I mean I agree with the fact. I like how it kind of puts a separation between the two leagues, but I really think at the end of the day it should be totally up to the players and the team's discretion cuz I mean yeah. there there might be some guys out there they just came off, you know, a short rest week through probably a ton of pitches. And maybe they're not feeling the most confident in their in their arm, and they really don't want to go out and take some swings after they just threw thirty straight fastballs, you know. So, granted, yeah. while it's something really cool that's always made baseball interesting in that sense, like it, it was awesome to see um, pitchers that never normally bat in the World Series having to step up to the plate and take one for yeah. the team. But I think at this point, it should be totally up to the players' discretion and, and the team yeah. as well. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I love seeing like that, like the hashtag on, on Twitter where it's like pitchers who rake and it's just like Madison Bumgarner absolutely just going yard. I mean, I love to see it, but unfortunately there really aren't that many guys who do it. You know, I, I still like to see it because it just is that difference. And it really is like just one of those unique things about baseball that, you know, not a ton of other sports have. Like there really is no difference between, you know, the Western and the Eastern Conference and, and the NBA outside of just the teams that are in it. It's not like it's not like the shot clock is little is like is a couple seconds faster in one, in one league versus the other. That'd be a kind of an interesting concept. But, you know, there really is like no no true difference like that. And yeah. I kind of just like and I feel like I feel like that is like one of like the like last niche things between like between all these different leagues that I kind of I wish would stay but I feel like I feel like that's not where the popular opinion is at this point in time Carter what you thinking on this you know at first I was like I just like watching pitchers bat it's cool but then you're talking about the whole rest thing you swayed me yeah I think I mean and a lot of a lot of athletes are being more more focused than ever on their health and body and I think if you give the option of uh, these pitchers to avoid more stress on their arm than necessary. I think they're just going to opt out of batting every time. Yeah. They should only require it in the world series. That would be, that would definitely be something cool. I'd be okay with that. Or just if, if if that had to be, if that had to be like the drawing line where it's like, all right, we're going to get rid of it. But in the world series, it has to be like that. I feel like I might. I feel like I'd. I if that if it was like either it's either that or nothing. I I'd, I'd take that. Yeah, I totally like agree. To and you got pitchers who haven't swung a bat all season going up to yeah. bat, and you don't know if they're going to be super energetic and blast yeah. one out of the park or just yeah. not be able to hit it. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. They could have been taking BP all season long in in preparation for this. I mean, that reminds me of two of two stories where, uh, like, I'm I'm thinking of just as a baseball fan. I mean, I remember it was a couple of years back. Adam Wainwright was at the plate for the St. Louis Cardinals, and you know he ended up hitting a ball. I don't know what happened if it was just a ground ball or something. And he, I I don't know if he tore his Achilles, but he aggravated something in his leg, and he ended up missing the rest of the season on a play where it's just like, if he isn't in that situation, he doesn't he doesn't end up suffering that injury. So there was a, like a big call for the for the universal DH at that point. And then I, then I remember, but. Uh, you know, for the people that are like, I, I also could see it where it's like, you know, maybe pitchers who want to bat and are really successful at it, like a Madison Bumgarner. I remember, I forget, you know, how many years ago this was now, maybe it was like 2017 or 16, not really too sure, but you know, they were playing the A's in Oakland. So it was American league rules. So, th- so it's a DH, but when you're, but uh, you are, but even with the DH, you are allowed to just say, Hey, we don't want to have a DH today. We just want to have our pitcher bat. And I remember Madison Bumgarner ended ended up coming up to the plate uh, in the American League, and he I think he went like, I think he went like two for four. He had him he had himself a day. So I mean, you know, maybe there maybe there is kind of a future in it where where maybe certain pitchers can bat, but others can't. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. I'd like to see it continue, but you know, that's just the way. That's just you know, unfortunately, the way you know baseball's going at this point in time. And then uh, one of the like the last couple of things I wanted to talk about. In MLB, you know, really quick segment uh, was that the Red Sox uh, officially signed uh, former Rays outfielder Hunter Renfro. He, uh, you know, you know, uh, he, you know, this year he kind of had a pretty much a kind of a down season. He batted 156. You know, really didn't do too great. But you know, Alex Cora says he has a swing made for Fenway Park and kind of sees him as a as a guy who could maybe be as a guy who could maybe you know you know you know be in the fold for years to come. I've heard that swing made for Fenway Park thing a thousand times where it's just like, oh, he's going to be perfect at Fenway. He can drive the ball here. 
and it just doesn't work out. Some guys have been able to do it like JD, like Manny and other guys like that have been able to, you know, really take that moniker and be like, yes, 100%. I have a swing made for this park, but other guys, it really just falls short. So I'm excited to see what this guy could do. Maybe, maybe, you know, maybe Cora and some of these other guys can, can maybe like resurrect this guy's batting average. I, I heard, I mean, from what I've seen, like he's decent. He's had other decent seasons. He's also been called the Walmart Mike Trout because if you look at him, he literally looks like Mike Trout. So, you know, I, I mean, I'm hoping this isn't the the big move that the Sox make this offseason because I think that, you know, we definitely we definitely need more if we want to end up competing eventually down the, down the line. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be a solid veteran presence, but I, uh, I will not be tuning into the Red Sox until they get Mookie Betts back. I... <laughs> I still can't even so ever get over that. Yeah. yeah, that 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 is still heartbreaking in my opinion. The way that the way that happened, I'm I'm gonna need them to get it. I need them to at least get some pitching before I can really tar- start to take them seriously again. I mean, the way they yeah. performed in 2020, I mean, people didn't think they were really gonna be contenders, but they were like they were like historically bad. If you if you took this record that they had and, and compared it to a 162 game season, it was it was going to be one of the worst Red Sox records, I believe since like the sixties. Yeah. Thank God it was over quick. Yeah. It, it was bittersweet. So luckily, so luckily that was the case there, uh, you know, and then I feel like, I feel like that's probably all we have baseball wise. That's actually it was really a quick segment baseball. Uh, but you know, I feel like one of the things I wanted to transition to uh, was actually the world of boxing slash MMA. Uh, it's also kind of gonna slightly blend into our pop culture right. bit, bye. Uh, because you know, yep, I, it's really you know, uh, you know, we're actually not really talking about professional boxing in this sense. Uh, we're more just talking about like the comical uh, act or the comical aspect of boxing. Tyler, you've heard about the, you've heard that Logan Paul is gonna tr- is gonna be fighting Floyd Mayweather, right? Yeah. Um, what is he smoking? I he's get he's gonna get his ass kicked. He's gonna he <laughs> might die in that ring. Uh, it's kind of crazy that he, um, challenged, uh, Floyd Mayweather like that. Obviously one of the, um, probably one of the greatest boxers of all time. I personally think it's just crazier that Floyd, uh, Floyd even gave him the time of day and said, yes. Yeah. If I'm I'm Floyd, if I'm Floyd Mayweather, I'd look at this guy and I would just be like, who the hell are you? I'm, I'm arguably the greatest boxer of all time. I'm 50 and out. Why am I wasting my time on a stupid YouTuber? Exactly. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm actually really shocked that Floyd did take this fight. Uh, you know, you know, the only thing that I really could give, uh, Logan Paul, frankly, is the fact that, you know, he is just so significantly bigger than bigger than Floyd. I mean, Floyd's like what, like, I don't know. Let me look that up. Floyd is a Floyd's like a smaller guy, uh, but he's also known, but he's also known for not being able to be touched really. Yeah. He's, he's very quick in the ring. Um, granted, I don't know much about boxing, but yeah, I I mean, mean, he's hard. I mean, he's considered arguably the great one of the greatest defensive fighters, you know, of all yeah. time. Yeah. Flor- so Floyd's five eight. Uh, Logan Paul. Yeah, Logan. Okay, it actually comes up right underneath, right under it. So and Logan Paul is six two. So I mean, you know, Logan does have him in the height in the height category, which, you know, I don't know if I don't know how many like real how much how many really tall guys Floyd has fought in his career. Uh, so I mean, that is kind of an advantage to Logan, but I think I mean I think Logan's reach will not outweigh Floyd's technique and experience, in my opinion. I feel like I feel like Floyd's just gonna get up against the ropes, let Logan punch himself out, and just land just land the cup, just land the one or two blows that's just gonna put exactly. him out of the fight. Yeah. That's all that's all he needs to do. Like, you know, he's one he's the greatest defensive fighter, you know, possibly ever. And I feel like if 
I feel like if you just let him, I feel like if you just let Logan Paul punch himself out, this fight could, you know, I don't even think this fight could last maybe what, like five rounds. I don't yeah, even think it's lasting that, that long. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I don't, Floyd's never really been the guy to go for the kill shot. He's, you know, I mean, you even saw it, you saw in the McGregor fight, which went 10, uh, you know, he was able, he really kind of just let McGregor, you know, tire himself out. A lot of people thought that a lot of people were really impressed, impressed with the way McGregor fought in that fight. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't see it going as long as nearly as long as the McGregor fight, but, yeah. uh, you know, but I think that a lot of people do kind of underestimate the way, uh, the way Logan's Paul's height might factor into this. Yeah. And agreed. And I also think a lot of people underestimate his work ethic as well. You know, he, yeah. he's very dedicated to this. And I think just because he's a troll, like the, I, I mean, his I brand mean, I is say, him being a troll. I think a lot yeah. of people discredit him for that, but he works hard, but I mean, it's Floyd May- Mayweather. He's yeah, one of the greatest boxers of all time. It's mo- it's it's money. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I mean, I would say his brother Jake is probably more, you know, uh, is probably more dedicated, at least in the boxing sphere of things. I mean, I mean, we all saw just the brutal knockout he had in Nate Robinson. Yeah, that was really tough he, to watch. That was embarrassing for yeah. him. Oh, my. I mean, I remember seeing that. I thought he I thought we literally saw Nate Robinson die in the ring. Yeah, it was it was really tough to watch. I mean, and uh. Uh, Nate Robinson, he was really on the attack the whole time. And when I was watching it, like I said, I don't know much about boxing, but I was watching him and I was kind of saying to myself, I was like, there's no way he can keep this level of energy up for more than two to three rounds. And, you know, uh, Jake stayed patient. He held back and then he just delivered an absolute kill shot to him. And it was it was a tough fight to watch. Carter, you remember Street Beefs? How could I not? That that's what Nate Robinson reminded me of. He reminded oh, me of an, he literally reminded me of an of an episode of Street Beefs where like where the two guys just go at each other. There's no they they have no balance on their feet. The fists are just flying about. That's literally what he reminded me of. And I mean, yeah, Jake I was pa- I was thinking the same thing. I was like, this is this should be in someone's lawn right now. <laughs> there should there should yeah. just be metal gates around them. And you know, Jake Paul basically just said, "Yeah, I'm a boxer." So it's just like, yeah. I mean, obviously, he, he was like, "I'm gonna treat this like a boxing ring. Like, you can't come in here and just expect to, you know, just flail your fist around and have this happen. Like, this is an actual sport that you need to train for." Exactly. And and it, and it and it really just clearly looks like Nate Robinson didn't put any real like like serious amount of like. Uh, I mean, he probably he did. I think. Some, he I think he really didn't. Yeah, I think he definitely was uh, physically into it. But technically, I don't think he really got deep into the technicality of boxing. Yeah, he probably was just he probably was just like, oh, if I'm if I'm able to like, you know, he probably did a lot of, you know, like cardio and stuff like that. And he was like, he was like, oh, if, if, I'm, if my cardio is great, I'll probably just be able to outlast this guy and just fly at this guy with whatever I have. Yeah. And, you know, it just did not work whatsoever. Now, did either of you guys end up watching the fight afterwards? Tyson Jones? I did. I did as uh, well. Yeah. What were your thoughts on Tyson Jones? Ah. Uh, Mike Tyson dominated him. He that that he, was not a draw. Yeah, he controlled the entire fight, and um, the the fact that it ended in the draw was kind of like I said again. I know nothing about so boxing, cute. but just from me watching, Mike Tyson controlled the tempo. Now, granted, there was some moments where Jones really showed off his um elusiveness. He did that quick little like two step and little showboating. But yeah, he, Tyson was in it for the kill, and he he controlled the whole thing. Yeah, the decision in that fight was honestly the cheesiest ending 
I've ever watched. It's literally to hype. It's literally to hype up. It was horrible. That's all it's supposed to do. It's just supposed to get a. It's just supposed to get hype for a rematch. Now I will say one thing about the whole event, and I want to get your guys' thoughts on this too. But I think the way it was like put on, it was driven towards like a more casual follower of boxing. And yeah, me personally, Snoop Dogg is an announcer. Loved it. Killed it. it. Loved it. Killed it. He was hilarious from the opening opening bell to the end he that was awesome and i love i love the live performances uh in between i forget who was the artist um i can't remember but i i love the setup of it and i i just want to get your guys's thoughts on the whole idea of what they're trying to create i agree it's perfect for boxing because not a lot of people follow the actual sport so yeah it could appeal to a different audience and it's gonna work i mean they're putting on more fights exactly and i think doing and i think getting more celebrity fights in it is also kind of the new wave where it's like you know you used to have these heavyweights where, where it was like oh yeah you, you had muhammad ali like early on then then it eventually became mike tyson as that guy and you know obviously there's been pl- plenty of guys like in between that have been like just outstanding but you know as as you know as time as we flipped into a into a new millennium i mean it you know boxing you know the notoriety behind it really started to die out that that kind of hype just really wasn't there anymore. And I feel like maybe getting, maybe getting some celebrities in the ring to, you know, really, you know, duke it out is probably like the new wave that we're going to end up seeing. Yeah. And even speaking from personal experience, like I said, I've never even, I've never watched any like fighting type of sport, MMA, UFC, WWE, none of that. And I decided like it's Mike Tyson and there was so much hype. And- we're never, there's a chance we never see this again. We weren't, exactly. we weren't, we weren't even supposed to see this. Exactly. And I, I found it interesting enough to, you know, uh, find it for myself. Granted, did I pay for it? No, but you know, stream East, stream East out live. <laughs> exactly. Stream East out live, baby. Exactly. Yeah. Damn, I paid I'm, for it. Yeah. That's brutal. <laughs> that, that, is, that is brutal. Hey, next I mean, time, next time we'll go three ways on, on it and watch together. All right. Yeah, that's yeah. when Jake Paul and McGregor are fighting. <laughs> yeah, that. I mean, do you guys? I, 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 do you guys actually think that's happening? I mean, I also heard that. I also heard that. I think Ben Askren took Jake Paul's. Uh, t- took Jake Paul's fight offer. Now, Ben Askren, I, I know him as. I, the only thing I really know Ben Askren for is the guy who got knocked out in five seconds when Jorge Masvidal just landed an absolute brutal flying knee to the guy's head. Have you guys seen that clip? No, Tyler, it is insane. Jorge Masvidal is a freaking animal like yeah. dude he's literally he's literally standing at him with, with his hands behind him he's literally standing looking at ben Askren with his hands behind his back and as the fight happens he literally just charges at him throws a flying knee and knocks the dude out in, in less than five seconds it That's is one crazy. of the most it is one of those it's probably one of the most brutal knockouts i've ever seen just in general it's it's disgusting yeah I, and uh speaking on mcgregor um I, I know he's not one to like take that kind of talk from anybody, but I just don't see him coming out to fight uh, the, one, the Paul brother because I don't know. I Granted, he can make some solid change off it, but I don't know. I, I think he's moved on personally. Yeah. L- let me pull up just a picture of that knee. Uh, I'll pick up, I'll pull up a picture of it. Yeah. Uh, do you guys think, I mean, do you think that McGregor should take this fight, or do you think that's just, or do you think it's just stupid? And in, in, in your opinion, Carter, what are your thoughts? I think he's moved on. I want to see it, but he's moved on. Yeah, I, I agree. Right. I think he's past that point. Yeah, career. let me sh- let me sh- let me share my screen. I'll show you guys this. 
So this is what it looked like. Yeah, that was the flying knee, like just into the guy's face. Five seconds into the round, that's what happened to him. Oof. Yeah. That is brutal. Right? right? Like that's like that was just it was one of the most brutal things I'll, <sighs> that that I've seen. Tyler, after this fight, look that up. You're gonna be like, oh my god. Yeah, I definitely will check that it out. Is, it's one of the most brutal. Fu- it's one of the most brutal knockouts I've ever seen. Like, like it was disgusting. And you know, he's on the he's on the cover of USC four for a reason. <laughs> so, Brian, you uh, you guys ready to jump into our final segment? Kind of a new segment we're gonna throw on in here. Yeah, I, I, I think am. So. Yeah. So, I uh, you know. You know, with it being the end of the year and all, and you know, it's gonna 2021. We're hoping you know things end up being better than this year, which has just been a complete you know cluster f. But uh, you know, you know, one of the things we did want to talk about was you know picks for our possible album of the year. Uh, you know, there have been some there have been some you know amp projects this year, uh, but there have also been some really solid projects. You know, some of the ones that I thought about were Circles by Mac Miller. Uh, that was a pretty solid album. At Carter, I know you were a fan of uh, Wanna by by one of your by one of your favorite artists, Gunna. Uh, I personally, you know, m- maybe this is unpopular, but I thought Logic's, uh, I thought Logic's, you know, uh, final product, no pressure was really good. I thought, you know, I thought Polo G delivered another, uh, I it's just keep, it just keeps getting better when he dropped the goat, uh, this summer, uh, Legends Never Die by Juice World was, was an awesome posthumous album. Shoot for the Stars, Aim for the Moon, I thought was more of a playlist where it was just kind of a collection of the songs. Really had no like certain pattern to it, but I thought the songs that were on there were awesome. It was a good uh, tribute to his yeah. to his career yeah i thought i thought man on the moon three by kid cuddy absolutely great great album. i thought that album i thought that album was sick uh and then kind of just to switch out of the rap thing you know i uh i don't know if i don't know if carter's heard it because i i know tyler isn't a country fan whatsoever but uh i thought starting over by chris stapleton was a great country album yeah not a big country guy here i am a huge fan of chris stapleton but i have not listened to that album it, i love his dude, voice dude first track on there starting over is absolutely great all right, like, so what do op- what are we locking in for final picks album of the year? Uh, think- mine was kind of controversial at first, but yeah. I am gonna change it because no oh, Car- well, Carter Carter no 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 listen listen it it is not it, it, there's no way baby baby Pluto Pluto whatever you want to call it Pluto, Pluto baby, baby Pluto. Pluto is the project of the year no way okay but that 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 album turned into my playlist okay. That, that was on repeat. So for me, I listen to that one the most. So t- when we're so, talking about a well put together project, yes, I've thought it through a lot. You can't overlook Detroit Two by Big Sean, really? and you can't overlook Savage Mode Two. You just can't. Dude. Okay, really? Th- those really? are my two picks for album of the year. Really? Uh, yes. So I mean, on my, I mean, for anyone, we'll talk about this after we make our picks. But you know, for anyone who didn't see on the show. Uh, uh, well, we actually had a discussion, you know, the the day before about those album picks, and you know, we'll get into that a little later. Uh, my album picks, I I mean, I I've been saying it for for a while. I thought I thought the Goat by Polo G really killed it. Uh, that was a favorite of mine, and I and you know, I think I'll I think I'll probably say starting over by Chris Stapleton. All in all, it was a really well put put together country album. One that I really just want something that I really haven't been able to really say in a while. I think Morgan Wallen's album in 2021 is a good shot to be one of those. I mean, I know Carter's a huge fan of Morgan Wallen, so you know, hopefully that pulls itself together. Uh, Tyler, what are your picks? Yeah, my absolute lock for album of the year, in my opinion, is Pray for Paris by Westside Gun. Um, if you have not heard the album or Westside Gun himself, I highly, 
highly recommend you to check it out. It's got a lot of great features on it. Uh, Joey Badass, Tyler the Creator, uh, Freddie Gibbs. Um, a lot of tracks are produced by The Alchemist, which also, you never heard The Alchemist. Uh, you're under a rock somewhere. Uh, he's amazing. And then coming up very close behind them uh, at around second and third, I'm going to put Savage Bone 2 as well. I got to agree with Carter. That was a great album that really, that was, that put me in my Savage Mode the day it came out. Metro <laughs> Boomin does it different, dude. Metro Boomin does not do, do anything less than 115%. And then finally running it up at third, I'm going Man on the Moon 3, The Chosen. Um, granted, I can't put it at the level of the first two Man on the Moons. But what I can do is say it was a great Kid Cudi album. With some... You're not putting it above two, at least? No. Dude, Tequila Shots is a good song. No, I, that, That's I, a classic I, already, dude. It was a great, but it wasn't... There was a lot of Travis Scott influence in there, which I, I don't really consider it a pure Kid Cudi album. Gotcha. And yep. personally, I think just nostalgia effect and just like transcended transcendedness... Uh, the first two definitely take the cake, but yeah, those gotcha. are my locks for album of the year. And also, if I got to throw in one more, I'm throwing in the weekends project. I mean, okay. look at look How at could you not How look at the not? numbers. Look at the numbers. Yeah. Absolutely dude, he, snubbed at the Grammys, by the way, dude. A- after hours killed, dude. Yep. At the, dude, yeah. Uh, and then and then I uh, you know, speaking of it, speaking of which, you know, Carter had. A, yesterday which uh was it was a very controversial pick for album of the year and caused tyler and and carter to kind of go into a little bit of a beef i told them to hold it for the show (laughs) carter why why did you think that pluto baby pluto was when it was in your was in your running for album of the year at first because it it was the only album this year that literally turned into my playlist i could listen to every track on the album and be content damn and not want to skip I mean, I'll I'll tell you. I mean, I thought the album was I thought the album was was fine. I I would say it was more. I I mean, of the Uzi projects that came out this year, I might put it towards the bottom of the Uzi projects. I I'd say that the two... oh de- most definitely. I mean, Eternal Take was like the main project he put out, and it was yeah. phenomenal. And yeah, the deluxe for that he had all of his features on there. It was per he did the beginning of the year perfectly. But I yeah. think this was a good supplement to follow up, and I think he cl- just collabs very well with Future. Yeah. All right, but boys, you know, one of the there's one music project that I think can either make or break 2020 right now, and it's coming out Christmas Day. Whole lot of red by playing. Yeah, these, these are pre whole lot of red takes. This is yeah. this is pre whole lot of red. We need to see. We haven't even gotten there yet. Is. Oh, how yeah. can I not mention? Um, that's what they all say, Jack Harlow, dude. Okay. Did you guys listen to it all the way I through? I did not, but I've been listening no. to Tyler Hero like on repeat for the past <laughs> yeah. year. Bro, listen Facts to Baxter forever. Avenue and listen to Cream. I'm telling you, those two songs, they will get you in the feels. Okay. Where? Uh, you know, all right, but boys, whole lot of red. Is, is it going to live up to the hype? It. This is on the – This is on the. This, in comparison, this is on the – I would probably say this is in the hype sphere of, of Travis Scott's Astroworld, of Uzi's Eternal Take. And Playboy Cardi needs to, and this is Playboy Cardi's just saying, you know what? I had this project. He's had this forever at this point. It's it's just like it never seemed like whole lot of red was ever gonna drop. Yeah. The album cover, the album cover is a it's a tribute to 1970s slash magazine. It looks like, uh, you know, do we actually think that? I mean, I mean, do you guys think that the album is gonna live up to the hype? 
It has I sure to. hope it does. It has to. We've been pulled <laughs> he, on a string for so long. If it's the, not the greatest Playboy Cardi album of all time, I will never listen to Playboy Cardi again. Yeah, I mean, he, he's, he's not getting my streams anymore if it isn't good. No. I mean, if he listen, if he comes out like he did on Dial It and on his and on his initial like self-titled album and he's you know, he's talking in a normal tone of voice, has a good shot to be to be fine. If he comes out like like on that song at meh, where where he's just in that baby voice the entire time, bad, I'm not bad, like bad. I will th- that that album will be just trash in my opinion. If he comes out on that baby voice, I'm just I'm praying that I'm praying that he just puts that away and, and says like, okay, yeah, I have no idea what that was about. <laughs> I think personally, if a it matches the level of dialit. And B, we get we finally get the real release of Kid Cudi with the dude, potential Kid Cudi feature. Dude, yeah, you saw Kid Cudi's Boom. gonna be on that song. Yeah, dude. but if we and, get it, if we get it, dude, isn't it a Kanye? Isn't isn't the album supposed to be produced entirely by Kanye too? Totally, totally produced by yep. Kanye. It has a shot to be up there, dude. I mean, it's got that potential, man. We we just gotta wait and see. Hopefully, it lives up to the hype. I mean, I'm if praying. it doesn't, dude, if it does, I'm gonna be kind of heartbroken, man. Just saying. Uh, and then, you know, also in pop culture news, we had we had the video game Cyberpunk 2077 pissed off a lot of last gen gamers uh, that are still that are still on the Xbox one and PS4. You know, the, the graphics right now are looking absolutely terrible. It's for for once, like for once, GTA fans are actually saying like, oh, we'll be patient. We'll wait for we'll wait for and we'll wait for the next gladly game wait for the next GTA game now, because 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 it's like after seeing like after seeing like the way Cyberpunk is. Just like the way it's kind of looking at these consoles, they're just like, you know what? Maybe we don't need. Maybe we don't need a, a game rushed to get yeah. to us. Maybe we. Maybe maybe quality is better. Maybe quality is the thing we need to wait for instead of just like the I'm, amount of time. It I gets must out say, there. they definitely took their time on the PC version because I've been playing it lately, and it is crystal clear. It's exactly. Crystal it's great. not like the game is bad. Like just don't complain. Just buy the new console. It's not like people are gonna make games yeah. for old consoles. Exactly. Yeah, I feel like that is the case with that. I mean, I'm probably not. I probably wasn't gonna get it anyways. That really wasn't my style. But I mean, a lot of people are just saying, even with it on the PC, some people are just saying that in general, like GTA kind of had more realistic graphics, kind of not graphics, but more realistic physics. I don't know. What, I don't know if you guys thought that. Yeah, um, GTA definitely like it feels more real. Like when you're playing GTA, yeah. you really get like into it. Cyberpunk Cyberpunk feels like a fever dream. Exactly. And granted, GTA does have help in the fact that it is present day. And yeah. it's, it's, I also, the music of GTA, it's all like modern artists at the time, stuff we all listen to. So that definitely helped. But yeah, it feels definitely more real than Cyberpunk does. Yeah, 100%. Uh, and finally, before we, end up going down to the wire i thought this was kind of an interesting take uh you know kentucky fried chicken and lifetime have paired to collaborate and they've created a, a mini movie romance drama titled a recipe for a recipe for seduction where basically at where colonel sanders is colonel sanders is played by mario lopez and it's essentially a fried chicken christmas love story movie and I don't know how to react to this, boys. Maybe, frankly. maybe we should get a copy of it and do it down to the wire live reaction. Maybe I'd, I'd be down to do it. It's 16 minutes long. Right. It's it not, sounds not interesting. Yeah, I have, I have, I haven't watched it yet. I'm, I'm very concerned as to how this might turn out. I might, I'd be down to do a live reaction though. I mean, that could be very interesting. Carter, you in? 
No, but I'll watch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think that that pretty much covers everything we have in our show map. And boys, it is officially 917. And I think it's officially time to say that we are now down to the wire. Yeah, this is like an auctioneer. Do it like a horse collar. Come on. (laughs) Yeah, this is a long one. Card, if you're going to do it like an auctioneer, then you do it. Oh, wait. (laughs) Oh, you mean? Oh, you mean like go through the stuff? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, obviously, I mean, I mean, we're officially down to the wire. It's what it's what we do. We got to do. It means exactly. that we're going to go everything we talked about in like what the past two freaking hours. It's been two. It, we did. We surpassed like an average Joe Rogan. This is yeah. this has been fun. Damn boys. I mean, I'm kind of gassed, but I feel good. Yeah. <laughs> let, let, I feel terrible. Yeah, true. I, I do feel kind of crappy. Uh, but let's kind of. But let's go through everything we talked about. So I mean, we started off by welcoming by welcoming you guys all back. We talked about what we what we what we'd been going on since our hiatus. We talked about Tyler's. Tyler starting up the Be Under Par podcast. And Be Under Par. Us. Make sure you follow on Instagram, b.under.par. Like and comment. They're on, they're on their own Spotify and YouTube. We, we had a special we had a special guest from the Be Under Par squad. Uh, Connor Bailey stopped by. Thanks, to, Thank you so much to Connor for stopping Shout by. Shout out CB Golf as well. I also talked out to I also talked about my fantasy football struggles uh, in a, a very unfortunate loss to Adam right before kicking things off in the NBA. We had we had Jake Marshan stop stop by to give his thoughts on the James Harden situation in Houston. Uh, plus we talked about basketball returning. We talked Warriors nets and Lakers Clippers. Uh, we talked how far we thought the Celtics could go this season. We, and, and uh, about former Celtic Kyrie Irving burning Sage and, and TD garden uh, before, before the nets blowout win. We talked about all the ball brothers uh, at one point, officially being back in the NBA uh, shout out to Josh Jenkins. He was the one who requested that who had requested that topic when it originally happened. Uh, LeVar ball called the Pistons raggedy when they released his son. Uh, in NFL news, we had in NFL we had Adam Wright guest spot on the show. We talked a little more about fantasy football. But we also talked. We also talked where do the Patriots go from here after being eliminated. We talked Bruce Aaron. We talked. Uh, we talked about Josh McDaniels to Tampa. Uh, Trevor Lawrence uh, should he refuse to go to the New York Jets if they get back in contention? We also talked about them losing out. We also talked about them losing out on that pick. We talked about the rise of Jalen Hurts in Philly, absolute stud. We also talked about. We also ended up talking. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster saying that he's going to stop doing TikTok dances. I mean, you know, with the way the Steelers has been playing, don't blame it. Uh, and then we and then we ended and then Adam ended a segment here where we talked to MVP picks and we had a general consensus saying that Aaron Rodgers will pro- will likely be the 2020 NFL MVP. Uh, in MLB news, we t- we we discussed whether the Universal DH should be permanent. Uh, it is it is not expected to happen in 2021, but. Uh, it's, it's kind of a, it's a difficult decision, especially since the, it leads to the idea that pitchers may, may get hurt. And we also talked about the Sox signing, uh, X rays outfielder, Hunter Renfro, Corey says he has a swing made for Fenway. Gonna have to wait and see the guy guy struggled this year, but maybe he can pick it up back this year in Fenway. Uh, in, in our pop culture segment, we decided to, we decided to talk our possible, we decided to talk our favorite albums of this year. Uh, you know, uh, I just I went with the Goat and Chris Stapleton's album, uh, starting over. Carter had Carter. What were your picks again? Detroit Two, Big Sean, Savage Mode Two, and Pluto Baby Pluto. Absolutely. And Tyler, yours again? Pray for Paris, Savage Mode Two, Man on the Moon Three, The Chosen. I mean, if we're doing three, I'll also hop on and say Man on the Moon Three was great as well. Yeah. Uh, and then pop culture, we talked about a whole lot of red. Dropping on Christmas. Hopefully, we hopefully we're not getting scammed again, and this actually happens. Uh, we talked about Cyberpunk 2077 pissing off some last gen gamers, and we talked about the KFC Lifetime Special, a recipe for seduction, 
Uh, we wanted to wish you guys a happy holidays. Uh, Merry Christmas. We wanted to thank you guys so much for tuning into the show. We really appreciate it. Uh, it, it was awesome to come back and do this kind of, and do this kind of, uh, you know, kind of just off the cuff and just say, just say, and just do this live stream in general. Really thankful that really thankful for anyone who did tune in. Uh, if you guys want to see us maybe do something again over this break, let us know. Uh, but from down the wire, I'm Brian Costa. I'm Tyler Tucker. Turn the mic on, buddy. And I'm Carter Adams. <laughs> and we hope you guys have a happy holidays. Merry Christmas. And we'll see you guys next time. Peace. Happy Hanukkah.